This is Wolverine. And this is Buck 30. And, and we, we never, never listen to the trail show. You're tuned to the trail show. Get on the trail! Long time listener, first time caller. Arriba, 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 tota! It's the trail show. Bam! Ah! Featuring Lawton Disco Grinter. Never slap a man who's chewing tobacco. Felicia P.O.D. Hermosillo. I'm against historical trash. Mike Dilo DiLorenzo. Embrace the brutality. Junaid Special 41 Daoud. And I can't help but think that you know Trail Show Bob. Daniel Out of Order Alvarez. What's up, Trail Show? And now broadcasting live from Boulder, Colorado, it's the Trail Show. Coming to you live from the Bobby Walter Studio in Salida, Colorado, at Boulder, Colorado's historic beer district. This is the Trail Show. We are the longest-running monthly hiking podcast on the planet and have been downloaded over 1 million times in 160 countries across the globe. We are on air, on demand, and heard worldwide on all your favorite apps and at thetrailshow.com. Real quickly, before you set the table, P.O.D., the legal team from Into Backpacking from, from, from their podcast has reached out to let us know that we are in fact not the longest running hiking podcast. However, we are the longest running monthly hiking podcast. That's right. Into Backpacking, they, he started in um, 2011. I didn't even know that. But, he, but he only does, he does like four or five shows a year. So... I don't know. Anyway, go listen to that podcast if you haven't already. Into back. I think the uh, Her Odysseys were on that. Were on that yeah. show recently. And I think the Her Odysseys are about to be on the Gaia podcast. So yes, look out for that. What are we doing on the Trail Show tonight, Pod? Doing all this stuff. Uh, we've got all a couple voice clips. Um, should be entertaining. Uh, we're going to be talking to Dirtmonger about his Trail of the Month. We got a. Pack giveaway and update from Gossamer Gear. Uh, we've got a lot of beer to talk about from Best Sweats and Tough Broad. So and much. we've got our donors. Uh, we have a media mention to talk about, and we got some some mail and some uh, ask a question. Let's talk about the beer. We got some main beers tonight. Delicious main beers. Yeah, I was thinking maybe we can each highlight a couple of beers at each break. What do you think? Okay. Um, I'm starting with the Surf Coasting uh, Farmhouse Ale with Sea Salt and Lime uh, from Oxbow Brewing. It is delicious. Mm. I am starting with the Onesie Single Hop IPA from Lone Pine Brewing Company out of Portland, Maine. And it is quite delicious. And there may be already be three or four empty cans on top of the fridge, too, I might add. Well, I don't know I'm how that happened. Looking forward to trying some of those, but right now I got the blueberry sparkler, American Ooh, Sour. I, from I, also Lone Pine Brewing, Portland, Maine. Ooh. How is it? It's very good. It's nicely sour. Special? Special muted. Come on, man. I, I'm actually drinking the same one uh, as P.O.D., the surf casting um, from Oxford, Oxbow Brewing. Uh, I, I definitely like this one. It's pretty good. Uh, and actually, the one that Triple O is drinking is the one that I uh, I opened uh, before the show. 
uh-huh. by, by a few days <laughs> just to prepare don't you and think I, and i do concur it's delicious yeah. yeah i feel like the surf casting one on a really hot day oh would be so good i think it so would be crisp. yeah so, so crisp. It's, it's sea salt and lime so it's it's got yeah. like a like that a little bit of tartness to it uh-huh. um and it is i mean it's a, a farmhouse ale so it's already got like a little bit of the sourness but the sour and the tart and yeah I, so good I definitely definitely i feel cool. like you could make a, a a really good beer mimosa with this or something like oh that. yeah mm-hmm. totes totes yeah before we get yeah. in the trail news uh we have an announcement about some new trail show swag what ladies and gentlemen we have new shirts we have a new logo for these new shirts it's a retro trail show theme don't freak out the other logo is still around but for now we're going to switch things up a little bit these shirts will be for sale on bonfire.com starting october 1st for two weeks so get them while you can because after the two weeks is up they are gone possibly forever Disco, what uh, what One, colors two. are they going to be available in? Um, we're going to do the white shirt, which I am modeling here this evening. Um, y- y'all y'all can't see it, but the the we'll just put, the we'll, plain white looks amazing. Yeah, we'll be putting up a, some pictures on the socials. Yeah, yeah. I think, I think we're doing a, nice a white vibe. Yeah, it's got the great, and it's got a little bit from the old logo, like those mountains in the background. Mm-hmm. You know. We're going to do like a white, a black, a gray, and probably like a tan or something. I think we're going to have four colors this go. We're still trying to sort that out. I, if, we haven't, if we haven't fully decided yet, I'm just going to go ahead and cast my vote for some sort of like a, a bright pink. Um, oh, that's a, we, we could. That's an option. Yeah, I think it would be color. a lot of fun. I think it would be a lot of fun with that logo and, okay. and, 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 and its existing colors. I'm, I'm, I'm personally voting like some sort of a – some Bright sort of a pink. pink. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Or even like a that. light pink, you know, as long as it's not a salmon. What if it's pink camo? Pink I think that's camo. too much, too that much would pattern. Be weird. No, yeah, no that, that's I don't want to detract idea. from that awesome logo. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Once the, the sale goes live, we'll post stuff on the socials and all that good stuff. So you'll know, tell your friends, tell your neighbors, get a shirt. Disco. Did you say that they're going to be, a one-time only we're not going to redo this logo for t-shirts again was that was i understanding that correctly like get them while they're here well we may do the logo again but on something different i don't know some hoodies or some long sleeves i think it's just as far as t-shirts go this may be a one-off it depends on how popular it is special if if it's if it goes gangbusters we'll bring it back at some point next year i'm sure all right can we also do a run of uh, shirts that say the trail show and have a, a picture of Buck 30's face with a circle and a line through it? <laughs> <laughs> I've got some requests. I've gotten some listener requests for that. So I'm just curious. If that's Should on we do like, and, and again, I mean, like the listeners can't see this on the Zoom call, but POD actually made her own one of these uh, and, is, <laughs> and is wearing it right now. So actually, I didn't uh, make it. Looks- a, listener, a listener sent this to me. So, oh, okay. Okay. So I think I think maybe we do that logo on like a crop top and maybe a tank Ooh, top. Yeah. So like yeah. a half shirt, that'd be a good maybe, buck thirty logo. Maybe a thong. No, no, I don't no, know. Okay. Yeah. I like the half shirt idea. Half shirt. Okay. <laughs> 
Ladies and gentlemen, tonight we have trail news with Special 41. Here it is. All right. Okay, so, you know, there's uh, a few different stories I'm going to talk about. We don't really have a whole lot. Um, and I accidentally closed one of my tabs, so I don't even know if I'm going to talk about that one. That wasn't that interesting anyway. Uh, first of all, and I don't think we talked about this before, but I just wanted to make sure and check. Did we talk about the Atlantic Coast Pipeline getting shut down? The, the company so. that was going to... This is the pipeline that was going to go under the, the uh, Appalachian Trail. And there were a bunch of lawsuits back and forth. This has been going on for a, a few years now. Um, well, the company that was going to, you know, that was trying to put it up uh, basically said, nah, nah, we think we're good. We're not going to do it anyway. Uh, apparently, it, it increased costs to as much as $8 billion from the original 5.4 to $5 billion wow. that it was... Uh, announced for in 2014 um and uh you know so they they basically um pulled the plug now it, it's kind of of note they didn't stop doing this because they lost these lawsuits right like they actually were uh, as i recall the last thing that had happened with these was that um they had been given basically a, a go Okay. Um, and they and they said nope. Okay, we're just going to stop. Um, now I could be wrong on that. It, that that may not be the case. But as I recall, that was that was what was going on. Uh, but interestingly enough, you know, they for whatever reason, uh, well, because it costs too much to to fight all these lawsuits, uh, they've decided to to go ahead and just pull the plug. Uh, this would have been this place. This this pipeline would have gone under the AT. It would have also um, crossed a couple of uh, like historically and culturally significant areas. Um, one, which was like a, a, uh, a historically black town that was uh, founded by uh, like former slaves. And then there was like another one that was uh, a native American like town or whatever area. So, uh, and they had expected to to get further lawsuits from from both of those areas, I guess. So they they said, no, I guess I guess I guess we don't need to build a pipeline. So do you yeah. think it was? I mean, do you ultimately think it was the threat of lawsuits that squashed it, or the the financial piece? You know, well, it's 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 both of those. It's okay. the same thing. So because of the lawsuits that they had already had, the cost the you know overall projected cost for completing it had already ballooned from four and a half to five billion up to I should have said eight billion. And that and that's from fighting lawsuits, right? Yeah. And and that's and then they were expecting there to to be further lawsuits and litigation on top of the ones that had already driven up the the projected cost to to that level. Mm-hmm. Um so yeah, it, it you know it it ended up costing them enough lawyer money that they said, <laughs> I don't know, guys. I don't think we can afford to really do this. I don't think it's going to make any any money if we really do it. Not not on the budget that we've been doing. Wow. Awesome. That's great news. So, yeah, pipelines yeah, yeah. are expensive. Who knew? If only there was like a renewable energy source you could <laughs> localize. I know. You know what? Triple after the show. Let's sit down and think it, it, it's, let's see if we can come up with any ideas. 
I feel like the sun is like shining up there all the time. Like maybe that oh, can help. Oh right. I think there's some wind that blows by a lot too. There could be some uh methane recapturing at this house. <laughs> yeah. What else you got? Uh let's see. So the next story is um so uh, PCT hikers may be familiar with a, a, a place along uh, the trail in Southern Oregon called Callahan's. Oh, yeah. Um, some of you remember, may, may remember that there used to be a place there called Callahan's, but it burnt oh, to the ground. It, and so the they, fires? Uh, no, it was, uh, this was in 2006, I believe is when it burned. Uh, and what? then in two. And then in 2008, they built a new one. Yeah. Um, and then, in any case, Callahan's, it's, it's right there on the PCT. Uh, long, yeah, long time stop for, for PCT hikers. And they, uh, they recently sold it to a um, crystal investment property. Hmm. Um, or no, wait. I'm sorry. Those are the ones who sold it. Uh, Hotel Brokers International um bought it um in any case uh under new ownership uh unclear at this point what type of uh, impact that might have on whether you know they're going to accept packages or if they'll be hiker hiker friendly uh or anything like that in the future um in terms of this this new ownership uh mm. but yeah uh kind of a, a historic place the old callahan's was was a pretty cool spot and yeah um had been you know, it was, you know, kind of a, a not not just cool for PCT hikers, but a, a little bit of a, a local fixture as well. Yeah. So and, when it when it and, burned, it was definitely like, oh no. Especially the reason I immediately jumped to wildfires is because the town right beside Ashland, Oregon, Talent, is in the national news right now because it was overrun with fire in the last week. I I'm I know you're going to talk about that in a bit, but. Callahan's is right near there. I just assumed that's what was going on. Yes, I'm not actually going to talk about the fires, uh, okay. other than to mention that there's so many of them that if I was to try to talk about this fire or that fire, it would be uh, a little bit ridiculous. Um, I will mention that uh, all of these fires um, are pretty much what you'd expect to see as uh, as drought cycles accelerate and deepen. Um, as uh, as the the climate continues to change, uh, as as the CO two and the methane continues to build up, so these things have real world consequences. These forest fires are definitely no bueno. Uh, I had thought about actually talking about a couple stories that I read of some hikers that got uh, trapped, basically, or well, they didn't get trapped, but the 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 routes that they were going to be on. Uh, and the, these ones were specifically in uh, California and the Sierra. Um, but they ended up having to go over like some 13,000 foot peaks as their bailout. <laughs> okay. So, uh, and, and this was, you know, some of them, Sounds like a bonus. They're, like, they're like first backpacking trip ever. And they're going, <laughs> well, these, and these were like, they were had to go over these, you know, peaks that weren't necessarily a great trail, like the, the nice JMT PCT tread that you would have in that area. And they ended up having to bail over some, some stuff that, you know, I, I think anybody going up a 13,000 foot mountain is going to be pushing hard, particularly if you, if you weren't expecting that to be your route and you're having to do so because you're, you know, threatened with wildfire. 
uh, and it's your first backpacking trip and, and, and yeah. So, uh, definitely some, some interesting stories coming out of, uh, numerous fires consuming portions of the West coast and the, and the mountain West, um, here in Boulder. I mean, I've, you know, we've, we've been having all sorts of smoky skies for the last month. I actually smoked out today. No, it's, it's been pretty good today. Uh, last week was it last week yeah i actually had um ash falling on my car for like a day and a half wow um you know the, like one yeah. day it was there was quite a bit of it and then the next day there was still like a little bit that had kind of settled overnight at least so it's it it's been it's been wild um the whole state of colorado's got a fire ban um yep and that kind of segues into one of the stories i was going to talk about uh, which is all of the national forests in California are now temporarily closed. Um, so this is a, what? this happened, uh, Oh, about a week ago from the date that we were, we were recording here. Hmm. Uh, and yep. And it's due to dangerous fire conditions. Damn. Uh, the forest service, um, Southwest regional forest, you know, service has closed all, all California, uh, national forests. This is a pretty sweeping order. All, what it basically comes down to is if it's a national forest, yeah, you're probably not going to be going to it. You're not supposed to be going to it. So John Muir uh, Trail, does, PCT. All yeah. Of, all so the, yeah. these forests include the El Dorado National Forest, Klamath National Forest, Lassen, uh, Mendocino, Modoc, Six Rivers, uh, Plumas, Shasta Trinity, Tahoe, um, Lake Tahoe Basin Management Unit. Uh, the Pacific Crest Trail is closed, um, along with the Desolation, uh, along with Desolation Wilderness. Yeah, so pretty much California is closed. Hmm. Uh, now, obviously, this is national forest lands. Uh, this does not deal with any state uh, parks. Um, or BLM lands and other things like that. Uh, and though some of those agencies and parks and things like that also have closures. Um, so pretty severe fire conditions to, to, to make it yeah. so that the forest service is like, sorry guys, we're closing outside. Oh man. Yep. Yeah. I mean, they must just be overwhelmed you know, yeah. with all the fires going like they're, they have no resources to start with and then this comes along and just everything is is so stretched i i would not want to be the person in charge of of allocating resources for the forest service particularly like you know fire fighting and and other types of support services like that they it they they have got their work cut out for them and they don't have the budget for it as we yeah, all know totally. like the, the our our national um well all of our our you know, Forest Service, National Park Service, all of these have, have been experiencing all sorts of, of budget shortfalls for years and years and years. Um, there's this whole backlog of work that's being done or that needs to be done. Um, and actually on the good news front, uh, they, they they did pass the, oh gosh, I 
don't have a tab open for it. Uh, I wasn't actually going to talk about it, but they did pass a uh, the Outdoors Something Something Act, which basically um, allocated nine billion over the next ten years. Uh, I think it's nine hundred million a year to pay for a bunch of the backlogs for state parks and things like that. I think we may have actually mentioned that on last show, but. Uh, but that's good news. So at least there's there's some funding coming down the way for some organizations. But uh, but as far as the Forest Service goes, they they're still the Great American they, they, Outdoors Act. That's the one. Yes, thank you. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the Forest Service has definitely got their back up against the wall, and I and I don't envy them the uh, the the hard work that they have, and the flack that they're going to catch from all sorts of people. Yeah, who are understandably frustrated about about their their forest service access being being shut down for the time being. You know, it's it's a pretty tough thing to to be, uh, especially in the midst of this global pandemic, and you're you know not supposed to be doing this, that, and the other thing. And now we're not even supposed to be going into some of these areas, yeah. which are, you know, would be kind of our refuge and and maybe. Are, are a place that's a little bit safer in terms of COVID-19 stuff, but, sure. uh, but not so safe when everything wants to go up in flames. So. Yeah. I, I just saw tonight one in 10 hospital visits right now in Oregon are for smoke related issues that are wildfire related. And I, you know, I was just thinking, so last week we got a bunch of snow here. I think you guys got some snow in Boulder too. We did. Uh, yeah. The day before that snowstorm, we had our smokiest day of the the year here in Salida, so much so that it was kind of just too smoky to even go outside. And that's what folks in Oregon and California have been living with for weeks, months at this point. Like, yeah, we're all kind of isolated as is because of the pandemic. But then you throw in smoke, like thick, thick wildfire smoke, and you're just kind of hunkered down and hiding out for real. Yeah. I mean, so here in Boulder, we had, uh, it was like high eighties or low nineties or something like that the day before it snowed. So it snowed on Tuesday, Monday, you know, it was super hot. I think it was just a day before that, or maybe actually Monday was one of the days that it was raining ash. I can't remember. Uh, you know, the weather oscillates here in Colorado between when you pick up your phone and it literally says, smoke as the weather conditions to yeah a day or two later uh you know uh, in in inches snow on the ground so i i guess one thing i would say is no matter where you are um i i I think that whether there's fire bans whether there's not whether you're allowed to be in places and and fires are still allowed there I, I feel like we all need to just move away from having fires. And I know I've been saying this for, for a while now and people probably don't want to hear it, but man, you can, you can just look out at the sky right now in, in huge portions of the Western part of this country. And I don't know what it's like on the East, but for huge portions of the West, you know, it's, it's been smoky or hazy or that little red tinge in the sunsets for for mm-hmm. like a month now and yeah. uh it's pretty clear that that we we can't keep having huge swaths of our forests burn every year and keep having forests so uh, you know there's some stuff that we can do and there's some stuff that we can't really impact but man getting used to enjoying the outdoors without a fire is a pretty 
like zero cost solution that that we can yeah. all as individuals implement so and we can't gonna... we can't continue to have gender reveal parties that involve pyrotechnics oh, God, just... get over it. oh for the love do of it. it yes yeah absolutely okay. all right triple o whenever the baby's on the way man no <laughs> don't start any rumors like that <laughs> <laughs> and listen if you if you have a gender reveal party and uh and you set something on fire because of it and that is the case for i forget which one of these fires but one of the ones that's burning right now yeah. that was a cause uh i i think that you know you just have to make like as part of the legal proceedings or whatever your your kid just has to be named blaze regardless of gender <laughs> <laughs> so of course blaze Sweet. yeah all right was that it for um, news I have I have just like one more quick one. It's kind of a kind of a nicer one that I wanted to close on. Cool. Um, this is just a one that I just found today uh, as I was doing like my little last minute newsy check. Um, artist Bobby Drellick. Um, I haven't heard of this person before. Trail name is something like Paint Splatter or something like that. Um, anyway, they, they, uh, started hiking a few years ago, did some murals, um, for like trade, uh, with businesses and hostels along the AT. Uh, and then this was actually a, a little article that I saw that talked about a mural that they stopped and did in, um, in Syed Valley on the, uh, the, the cafe wall there. There's like a little, you know, whatever stone wall or whatever uh all around the cafe and they did just kind of this one that showed a bunch of stuff about the 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 history of the area with you know some wildlife and some gold panning stuff and some hiker stuff and whatever uh and i just thought it was kind of neat to see that type of a uh, of like an interaction between uh, uh the trail user and and the local community and apparently they've been invited back to do additional murals in Syed Valley on like the post office and some of the other stuff. Oh, wow. So um, is so, the yeah. hiker part of the mural? Is that um, like a hiker eating the pancake challenge and then suffering up the 4,000 foot <laughs> climb in the sun and then mud falconing their post pancake challenge poo <laughs> well, off of the top of whatever that peak yeah, is up there? I mean, of course. I mean, it wouldn't be a complete mural of the history of the area if you didn't have at least some depictions of mud falcons. Um, <laughs> did you, uh, or, or mud did you use mud falcon as a verb? Did you did you say mud, mud falconing? Yeah, mud falconing. Okay. okay. That's right. Just checking. Cool. But anyway, yeah, I thought that was kind of cool. That um, is cool. Let's let's all figure out ways that we we, we can uh, offer uh, what we have to give back to some of these communities that that support and tolerate us. Right. <laughs> good call. That's a good way to put it. There um, he goes. He just he hopped off the Zoom call. When we come back from break, we've got a very special Gossamer Gear Gorilla Backpack giveaway, so do not go anywhere. The Trail Show will be back.
Raise a glass. The Trail Show is back. All right, and the Trail Show is back. What are you guys drinking? Uh, let's see. So I'm actually just opening this. This is the oh. the Bissell Brothers Lux Mosaic Pale Ale. I forgot uh, about that one. This is a 5.1 percent, and this is a this is a tall boy. So you know, appreciate. Yeah. And actually, I'll point out that uh, all but one of the six beers that that uh, that Bear Sweats uh, uh, sent us, um, I'm sorry, sent me, uh, we're, we're all tall boys. So, Same here. Yeah. All but yeah. all but two of the 25 were tall boys. So I'm just gonna, you know, yeah, take 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 note, people. I've got all the tall, tall boys appreciated. Flume Double India Pale Ale from Battery Still Brewing out of Portland, Maine. This I may have already consumed before the show, and it was delicious. Thank you, Bear Sweats. I actually and rather tough like broad. this ale, ale too. Yeah, and sorry, tough. tough broad, not stuff broad, not stuff broad. In fact, tough broad's probably the one that did all the purchasing and packing, and you know, I thought Bear did it. Bear Swift just provided all the extra artwork that was included. <laughs> That's probably true. Yeah, yeah. The, it was well packed. Also, it was. I, I rather it was like exceptionally well packed. I like the, uh, yeah. the, the 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 crayon work. Mm-hmm. Really nice. Mm. Yeah, the drawings. Are great. What are you on? Um, I actually went and got the surf casting after uh-huh. hearing about it from you two, and I can agree that it is very good. Very oh, nice. nice. Awesome. Ian, what are you drinking, man? We got Ian from Gossamer Gear. Oh, hi, everybody. Hi. Um, I'm drinking a decadent Imperial IPA from Ska Brewing in Durango. Oh, oh nice. That's a good one. And crack right there. Oh, yeah. right. Very good. Local Colorado Durango area brewery. Very nice. Yeah, yeah I figured ten percent would be uh, appropriate for the show. Do. So let me give you a, a proper introduction. We are honored to have Ian Atkinson, who is the customer experience and product specialist with Gossamer Gear, on the show tonight. Ian, it's been three years since Pod and I were able to host you while you were out hiking, and I'm stoked to have you on the show. But I've been meaning to tell you something ever since three years ago. So oh I'm going to tell you tonight. I was super sick. I don't know if you remember that. I was super sick when you... I very much remember because I really yeah. wanted to uh, shoot some hoops with you. Yeah, and I could barely stand up. But so you had a bunch of trail meals and you left some behind at our house. And then you continued on with your hike. I, you didn't need them all. I, I don't remember the specifics. Yes. But I ended up using all of those meals on the Arizona Trail um, that that fall. And man, your meals were fantastic. Like I know you dehydrated them and made them yourself, but I've been meaning—I've been meaning to every once in a while I'll be like, I got to email Ian and tell him how good those meals were. Yeah, man, I don't know what your secret is, but they were delicious. Well, and there was one—there was one meal that there were duplicates of that I tried to make us eat because uh, I'm cheap like that, and I was like, hey, we got this food, let's eat it. And I think there was TVP in it or something, and oh, it yeah. tore disco. Yeah, uh, he, TVP doesn't like me so much, but <laughs> everything else was quite lovely. And the other thing is, I'll, I'll just tell our listeners, so Ian was hiking with his girlfriend at the time, and then that's why he had so much food, was because she got injured, was not able to carry on, and he had packed a food drop for two people, and yeah. he only needed it for one. Oh, that's right. And the best part is that it was vegan, because she's a vegan. I don't know if you guys are still together, but she's a vegan, 
We are not. And okay, and Ian, <laughs> Ian was like, "Well, I'm going vegan while I'm hiking with her, you know, just because." And when he got to Salida, I was thinking, "Okay, he's vegan," and I had planned. I made the, the my homemade right. black bean burgers and hummus and all this stuff. And as soon as he got there, he was like, we were eating hummus and bread from the local bakery. And he was like, do you have any cheese? And I was like, yes. Uh, and I was like, but you don't. He's like, no, it's, it's fine. It's fine. And then we had these, this vegan dinner <laughs> with black bean burgers and all this stuff. And he was like, do you have any cheese? And then the very <laughs> next day, I don't know if you remember this, but you went to Moonlight and got their like bacon cream cheese calzone. I was like. <laughs> This guy ain't vegan. Yeah. <laughs> Worst vegan ever. <laughs> cheat it day. Great. It was a cheat day. It's all about incremental steps. It's right. not about being 100% strict, all right? I got okay. it. I got it. <laughs> all right. Anyway. Well, Ian, well, first, yes. before, before we talk about Gossamer Gear, what are you doing in Colorado right now? Don't you normally spend your time in Texas? First off, let me just say I'm very grateful for y'all hosting me, and thank you very much. And it's evident that y'all remember much more about that than I do. So <laughs> that's great. I don't even remember what meals we had dehydrated. Um, but no, I'm working remotely out here and just bagging 14 ers and just oh, nice. happy to be outside, honestly, because I was cooped up in my apartment for four yeah. months or whatever it was. And, you know, over at Gossamer, we do uh, all of our customer service remotely via email. So I was not meeting new people. So it's been really nice to just get out on trail and like, chat from a socially distanced distance hey if yeah. you want to do some of those more difficult 14ers with an old lady and her walker um we should talk after the show oh yeah yeah what's the incentive there uh i don't know <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's a good point there's the incentive none. is for me there's none. <laughs> this guy doesn't want me to go by myself Oh, I oh don't you're the old lady with the walker. Okay. Yeah, that's don't, me. Don't put this on disco. Yeah, no, I, you've been go. You've done 16 14ers this summer, and you've done them all without me. I I got no qualms with that. I just, you know, you're talking about like doing Little Bear and some of the more, um, as Spesh can attest to, some of the more evil 14ers, and might be good to have a a buddy. Yeah. There. Anyway, we can talk later. I would love to do the little bear traverse with you. If you yes. That. Yes. That's what yes. I want to do. Because okay. hopefully doing the Diente one this Thursday and all that goodness. Okay. Anyway, continue. Yeah. Oh, so, yeah. Ian, what was the question now? Oh, no. So, Ian, we want to talk to you about this um, gorilla pack giveaway that we're going to do in a minute. But talk to us about Gossamer Gear. Talk to us about... Um, how has it been for a cottage, you know, ultralight gear company during this time of COVID? Like, have you guys had to do different things and, and change things to adapt or has it just been business as usual? Uh, mostly business as usual. Uh, we were relatively remote before all this happened and we didn't necessarily have to be there in person. We have uh, one shipping manager, his name's Rhett. Um, Thank you very much, Red, if you happen to listen to this at some point. He's been holding down the fort for us and uh, doing all the fulfillment, and he's been basically the only one that's at the HQ. Okay. Um, but no, everything has been honestly pretty wonderful. I think the outdoor industry in general is booming overall with everyone wanting to get outside. Um, so if you go to our website, you'll 
see that we're out of stock on basically half of our stuff right now. And wow, that that brings up a good point. Have you all had supply chain issues? Like, have things been getting delayed more than normal because of coronavirus? Not yet. Okay, good. Not yet. Um, but we're planning just in case something goes awry with this winter because you know numbers are supposed to spike and hmm. who knows what's going to happen with the election and all that and better safe than sorry yeah sure. wow what uh, do you guys have any exciting exciting uh projects coming down the pipeline we here? have so many exciting projects so anything many. you can um, talk about yes the number one thing y'all would a- anything probably... you're not supposed to talk about <laughs> oh, we man. promise not um, to air it if you talk about it <laughs> No, the number one thing we could definitely talk about that I know y'all would be interested in is our uh, DCF tents. Oh, oh, so you're doing um, the material formerly known as Cuban tents. Yes, we don't call it Cuban known as anymore. Cuban fiber. Is that because of Fidel? Yeah, we don't. We don't. Okay. No, we have uh, yeah versions of our one and two coming out in DCF. DCF canopy, seventy nylon floor, perfect blend of. Um, price point so we're going to be able to make it relatively affordable for a dcf tent and our weight is going to be very competitive with the rest of the market so wow Ooh. super excited when Exciting. when when should we expect those uh yeah mid yeah. to late october oh soon very soon very soon well, our in, address in time has for changed. christmas huh yeah our address has <laughs> changed so when you when you send out those free ones for everybody on the trail show we'll we'll update you on that yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. And D'Lo's not here, so you only have to send out four, not five. Yeah, That's D'Lo right. missed, missed the interview, so he's, he doesn't yeah. count. No. Well, no. And, and Disco and P.O.D. can share one, so it's yeah, really just, it's it's really just yeah. three. It's just three. So, yeah. <laughs> no big deal. <laughs> well, let's, let's talk about – we're going to give away a Gossamer Gear Gorilla backpack tonight, and – we were throwing around some ideas about how we wanted to do this contest. And I think that Spesh and Triple O came up with some of the best ideas. So I Yeah, why don't you guys Yeah. Why don't you guys let's talk about your ideas? And then Ian, you're you're our customer year guy, so you can kind of choose which one you think is best. Ooh. Yeah, I was thinking that what we should do is, uh, you know, we'll have people go on the the social medias, and uh, I feel like pretty much everybody's on Instagram these days, so maybe we just do it on Instagram. Yeah. Make sure you're following both Gossamer Gear um, and uh, and Trail Show, um, and then post a photo uh, of, like, some trash that you've collected after a hike. So, you know, it doesn't have to be like some huge bag or anything like that. If all you find is like three little corners of, of Snickers bars, like whatever, but take a photo of, uh, of, of, of your, your trash haul. Um, maybe, you know, tag leave no trace center too, if you feel like it, but at least tag the two of us. Um, and, uh, and then we'll, we'll select one of those and, and they'll get the pack. I think maybe we should do it at random. It it's can't not, be, yeah, totally. But it can't be your own trash, people. You can't right. just this, like yeah. pack out your own trash and be like, "Wow, well, I found this trash in my pocket." Like, that's that right. I, what we want to see is like evidence that you've been keeping your eyes out for trash that you picked yes. up. So, like you know that nasty apple core, or mm-hmm. like you know the little corners of the power bar, right. like, dirty diaper, any of that. Yep. Hey, hey, listen, I'm, I'm just going to say like. 
you know, you get two entries if you pick up a dirty diaper. <laughs> it's it's going to be <laughs> random, injuries. yeah. But maybe, we'll, yeah, maybe, we'll, yeah. I like that. I like that. But it Bonus can't be your kid's for, dirty for, diaper. It has to be. Uh, that's a, right. You know, a random dirty diaper. A random stranger who's an adult. Well, what about so. someone threw out the idea of, <laughs> of of doing the same thing, but like posting a photo of themselves doing trail maintenance and then tagging Gossamer Gear and Trail Show in it? I mean, why not both? Why not either or? Okay, Ooh, I like that. I, I like that. Yeah, because those are. I, I'd say that picking up trash is is uh, is kind of doing trail maintenance. So I think that's actually. Mm -hmm. Or if you are, you know, in a talus field and you find some mud falconed rocks, take a picture of yourself packing those out or cleaning them off. Now, I feel like we should have this have like a, a time limit, though, right? Like we can't have you post in photos that you took like That's right. three years ago no. of, this, of like the one time you, you did it. So I, I, I think maybe, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll have to like maybe do honor system on this, but maybe uh, uh, since the 4th of July weekend. Yeah, I like it. Okay. Ian, what do you think? Are, are, are we, does this sound amenable to Gossamer Gear? I think you are definitely on the right track. And uh, for anyone that picks up a dirty diaper, I will also send out uh, a Bumpster fanny pack to you. So. Ooh. <laughs> oh. oh, man. The bar has been set, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> a fanny pack for a fanny pack. We've got Dirtmonger and Lucky back here just uh, making jokes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I bet. Well, cool. So okay. So to sum it up, you you need to like, goss follow Gossamer Gear and the Trail Show. Yeah. You need to either pick up trash, or trail maintenance since July Fourth. It can't be your own trash. It can't be your own dirty diaper or your kids or Delos. Um, extra <laughs> points for dirty diapers or shit, and it could also be some mud falcon rocks that you're cleaning up. Ian, are you aware of the mud falcon? I am not aware of the mud Yeah, we really should have asked Ian. Yeah, we what do you think the mud falcon is? People know what that is. Spesh? Uh, <laughs> you know, I feel like you're the one that originally asked this question. That was P.O.D. Hey, P.O.D. It was me. But, uh, so was a mud oh, okay. falcon is when you're in an alpine environment on Talus specifically and you... Oh, I already know what this is. I can, I can tell what's coming. Okay. okay. Yeah, you <laughs> poop on the rock and you caca -ca, and then you fling out the rock. Which is not okay. No. It's not okay. We do not endorse it or encourage it. That is not LNT. That is not okay. Right, Spesh? That's correct. That's correct. We had a little bit of fun with it when we were talking about it before. <laughs> we got some hate mail about it. Yeah. We do not, I'm just going to say, generally speaking, not a good idea to throw rocks. No. Ever, especially yeah. when they're covered. You know, I'll tell you a quick little story. We had this friend, Elvis, and we were, uh, we were in Boulder in the, in the Flatiron area, and he pooped on a rock and threw it. And his dog fetched it and brought it back to him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, instant oh, karma. No. What a good anyway, dog. Right? It's like, it like an immediate yeah. lesson, right? Yeah. It's like, oh, that's anyway. why I don't do that. I want to hear a little bit more about Gossamer Gear. Actually, I want to, I just want to remind folks that way back when we started the trail show in 2012, Gossamer Gear was one of, I think they were actually the first show sponsor we ever had as a podcast so hats off to you guys like it, it's been a long long relationship with you guys we've had gorilla on the show before we've had glenn van pesky on the show before so it's just been awesome 
like getting to know you guys over the years and staying in touch. And we're stoked that here we are in 2020, eight years later, and we're still doing stuff, eight fun years, stuff with you guys. Eight years? Eight years since yeah. we started the podcast. You were, yeah. You were still in high school. <laughs> and you know what's weird is that I don't have I don't have one of your packs in my quiver. What? You can have one of ours. Man, you guys are you guys are like <laughs> you guys. Are, they sell them. You can go on their website yeah. right now. <laughs> you just point and click in PayPal. And it, I I I think I've won more packs than bought packs in the last several years. I, I yeah. win them at like the trail events, and I'm like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna redonate this to the raffle. Yeah, and Gossamer Gear has been very. But I haven't won a Gossamer. So. Gossamer Gear has been very generous with their uh, donations to Alda West, to CDTC, to PCTA. Um, that's been awesome. Lots of yeah. And- for for the record, I've never given any of your packs back to the raffles. It's always been like the Deuters and stuff like that. Deuters. I mean, if you did, it would be totally fine. We're not non-judgmental over here. Well, cool. Ian, thanks so much for coming on the show tonight. Like, is there before we let you go, is there anything else you want to get out there about Gossamer other than this great gorilla backpack giveaway that we're doing? And that coupon code you said you were going to give us for the for the <laughs> listeners. What was it? Twenty twenty five percent off orders over over two hundred. Was that what it was? We can honestly probably do a fifteen percent coupon code for you guys. What? Okay. Maybe for our, one month. Our listeners might be stoked. Maybe the month of October. Yeah, I think that could work out very well. But the only problem is we are kind of sold out on a bunch of stuff. Oh right now. yeah, yeah, yeah. But as oh. far as uh, other things in the chain, we have the DCF tents. We have uh, new colors coming out for our backpacks. I know. Ooh. We're gonna get really fancy and aesthetic with it. Um, mm. Fuchsia, like, fuchsia. like yeah, well, I was gonna say, what kind of colors? What like we, what are we about? Uh, it's more of like a desert floral type of theme. Ooh. I think we have going on. So look out for that color palette okay. on the website. Super excited for that. Um, we've got a new Kumo in the works with some tweaks. Can't really reveal more than that. Okay. Um, cocaine. We have going on. Glenn has been making some tarps. We have some new tarps coming at some point. And we're just going to honestly be playing around with DCF a lot more. So, so are, are any of those tarps going to be uh, like the big, huge, long Cadillacs that I love, where there's like enough room to to do some interior decorating under your tarp? <laughs> no, because you can't put those in a backpack with no hip belt. Yeah, come on, man. Yeah, that is not a Glenn design. Glenn is he puts uh, basically like fishing line as the guy line, so that gives you a hint as to what direction we're heading in. That's the direction. Pretty cool. I remember watching a video of him early on when he <laughs> showed that sleeping pills were part of his sleeping kit. <laughs> hey, don't knock it until <laughs> you've tried it. <laughs> I have. It helps I have. a lot. But, but not because I'm like, well, I'm going to carry the 16-inch pad and then a sleeping pill because that's lighter than carrying some other type. Of, I've used sleeping pills on the trail for many times. But uh, I just thought it was funny. <laughs> well, I have one quick, quick uh, Glenn story, and that's uh, we were at Outdoor Retailer a couple of years ago, and I was splitting a, a room with Glenn and Grant, and we had two beds, and I was trying to get Glenn to go in the bed because I'm the young man. I should be the one sleeping on the floor, right? And Glenn was like, no, I'm going to sleep on the floor. He 
takes out a pair of gloves. He puts them under his lower back and he just falls asleep right on the floor. Nothing. Are you serious? So like, why even bother at that point? (laughs) That's hilarious. That's it? A pair of gloves? A pair of gloves under the lower back. I aspire. I aspire to I am such a wuss. I, I, that's incredible. I'm, I don't even know what to say. I, I've slept in some pretty uncomfortable positions and places before, but that's to just be like, yeah, I got some gloves. I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> One day. That's what uh, I aspire. That's a power move right there. He was basically just, you know, he was showing you what's up right there. <laughs> yeah. I know. Ever since then, just immense respect. Right. Oh, my God. Totally. But, uh, do you guys have any questions for me? Anything specific? Anything I want to know about? I actually no, have a question about gorilla. the gorilla backpack. <laughs> okay. So I used the mariposa before. So what's the difference? What am I? What are the differences here between the mariposa and a gorilla? First off, just capacity for the most part. Um, the gorilla is forty liters. Mariposa is sixty. Uh, we are going to be tweaking the gorilla. It's actually going to be updated to be fifty liters. Uh, to spread out our line a little bit because we have like a 42 liter pack as well right now, the G420. Um, and the other <laughs> the major difference. <laughs> yes. Does it have a stash pocket? It does got, have got a, few a uh, external waterproof zippered pocket. It does. Ooh. So, you know, keep things safe there. Yeah. But aside from that, it's just the uh, external pocket configuration on the Gorilla. The Mariposa has the big, tall pocket on one side that's perfect for like putting a tent in. Whereas small the gorilla child. has more like st- yes, small child, Hard and gorilla just has like standard water bottle pockets. So nice. I've been using the gorilla for years and years and years at this point. Me um, too. I I mean I, I did the TA in New Zealand with a gorilla. I did the Arizona Trail with a gorilla. I've done everything since 2015 with a gorilla, pretty much. So it's my my favorite. Well, thanks for repping the gorilla. Yeah. The website is gossamergear.com. Ian, thanks so much for coming on the show tonight. We really appreciate it. Thank you all. Yeah, so and once the pandemic's over, you got to come back to Salida. We'll host you again. We owe you some dinners because yep. we ate all of the ones that you left and they were all high dollar fancy things. Non vegan no. dinners. You do yep. not owe me anything. I am super grateful. <laughs> right on, man. All right. Well, um, it's 745. If Dirtmonger is somewhere behind you, around you, near you, can he's you... He's behind throw- me just talking That's what he's been doing the entire time. He's been running around, like around, like jumping rope or something. Put he- oh, put him on the cable. Put him oh, on the- oh, look at that. He's got... Let's talk to Dirt. All right, Dirt, you're on. All right. How's everybody? We're good, man. Doing well. Like a solid 8.2. <laughs> what, are you, uh, what are you drinking there? I am drinking the San Juan Pale Ale from Lake City Brewing Company. How is it? Nice. Um, it's really tasty. Yeah, it's not very, it's not very strong. It's nice and smooth, like nice. the rap group. Yeah. Right on, man. Sorry, I'm showing my age. All right, so we've got Dirt Monger on the horn with us now. And uh, Dirt Monger, you have been doing some hiking, man. Um, like this year, you mean, or? Well, yeah, just in general. Specifically, you're here today to talk to us about the Great Basin Trail. Yes, yes. Nevada. Wait, I thought he was here to talk about the Mud Eagle Trail. 
for the Mud Falcon Trail. <laughs> I thought I thought it was the BM Trail that we were. Well, talking that's about. the Mud Falcon Trail. <laughs> do you know, Dirt? Do you know about Mud Falcons? Um, no, and I don't even want to venture to no, say what my imagination may be. <laughs> twinkle, Twinkle taught Twinkle taught me about the Mud Falcon, and what it's, is that? He just twinkle. educated Ian. So when you're up in a, it's just not okay. But not okay. when you're up, up in an alpine in Talus, and you have to go to the bathroom real bad, and you ah. go on a rock, and then you, and then you, you know, fling. The oh, rock. so it's like a, it's like a discus, discus. Poop. Yes, yes. Gotcha. Mud okay. falcon. Mud falcon. I like that way better than discus pooping. And I yeah. think it comes from climbers actually climbing. Really? When they're up on a wall and they have to poop. Ah, yeah. There's mud falcon. Twinkle is falls. a climber, so. Let's talk about the Great Basin Trail, Dirt. Yes. So tell us all about it. Where, where it's, uh, we know it's a loop. So yeah. tell us kind of just is it generally. Real? Is it a real trail <laughs> or is it just something in Dirtmonger's head? You know, well, it's, it started off as in my head. It started off like a personal type uh, endeavor that like the background was it, uh, of it was I was supposed to meet uh, Pepper Flake and Handy Andy from Palante. They wanted to do like a Great Basin Traverse and kind of follow what I had done in 2015, um, which I talked about on this show. I don't know how many years ago that was. So they wanted to do something of that sort and they invited me along and I said, sure. But as the winter went along, I started look, like looking at the time frame I had. I had plenty of time to go out there before they had wanted to. So I started looking at a loop the loop I had initially developed was like 1,700 miles and went like through Las Vegas type area. And it was a much bigger loop, but then COVID happened and all that stuff. And I started kind of like paring down things and kind of trimming the fat a little bit to do what was realistically attainable in a time frame, like basically what wasn't too hot or, or stuff like that. So um, eventually I came up with this Great Basin Loop is what I initially called it. And then when I went out on the trail, the first two and a half weeks, I kind of found it wasn't, it was more of a trail than it was like an actual loop. So to me, it felt like, oh, this might be fun for other people to do. And it wasn't just like my own personal endeavor at that point where it's just kind of fulfilling my own little like ego thing. It was like, oh, I think really think that other people would enjoy this loop. And there was more trail than what I found on like satellite imagery or maps or whatever it was. And a lot of that trail was like horse trail and stuff like that, cattle trail. Um, I was actually kind of surprised by the time I got to Tonopah that maybe I stumbled on, onto something. So it, I kind of felt a little lucky in that aspect, I guess. How long is the loop? You know, it's tough to say with all the meanderings of cross country, you know, you're kind of going in and out of sagebrush. There's not like a definitive, you know, 18 inch trail, single track you're following the whole way. But I, I think it's between 1100 and 1200 miles, Whoa. you know, with an average of like 1150, basically, depending on, on someone's efficiency of, of navigating through an area or, or even taking some like little alternates here and there. Can you just so our listeners have an idea, and and we're going to post a link to your website uh, that that shows the the overview map and the general Mm -hmm. resources. Yeah, and just so listeners know, that's 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 available. There's a general resource page, and we'll talk more about that in a second. Yeah. Um. But uh, can you give us just a general idea of like kind of where it hits? You know, give us the overview. Well, uh, 
it is solely contained in the state of Nevada and within the Great Basin. I, I wanted it at, in some respects, well, I, I don't want to say it's influenced by COVID because that sounds pretty callous and, and like kind of an ass thing to say. <laughs> but at the same time, when I started this route, I had to kind of um, sketch this route out to be like responsible. And, mm-hmm. and I wanted to be quarantined for two, week, two weeks in a particular state for a particular time when this whole thing happened. And that just so happened to be one of the most loneliest places in the lower 48, which was the Great Basin in Nevada. So the route that I ended up designing, um, the loop itself is all solely contained within Nevada and within the Great Basin. So if you think about it, it's, it's north of Las Vegas. So north of Las Vegas, you have Area 51, which is a huge expanse of just darkness basically. Um, and like no shrubbery or anything else, but the route, the southern portion of the route kind of goes just north of Area 51, and it goes as far north as Interstate 80 at Wells, Nevada. Hmm. Um, east, east and west, so you get within 200 feet of the Utah border. Um, you don't cross into that area. And then to the western part, you get more or less near Tonopah, so, um, which is north of Death Valley, I guess, is like landmarks. Okay. Yeah. By the way, Tonopah, home of the Clownmouth Motel, which is a, a <laughs> highly recommended fruit hiker stopover. Um, uh, I, I wish to God it was called the Clownmouth Motel because I should be given credit for, for that <laughs> phrase. <laughs> oh, we, we were giving you credit. What was it today or yesterday, P.O.D.? We were telling somebody about the Clownmouth Motel. Yeah, you know, uh, a sidetrack to the Great Basin Trail. I did, I did a, a, a an endurance challenge here in Lake City, and it was a hundred mile endurance challenge, and it was about a month ago. And I got to one aid station at like seven a.m. in the morning, and I am completely like zombified, yeah. stumbling into camp. They have a fire, and they're asking me anything I need, and and uh, I'm like, I didn't even recognize my partner at the time. I was so out of it, like I had no idea who I was looking at. <laughs> and the, the race director was like, "Do you need anything? We have like some some monkey toes or something like that." And I was like, "Monkey toes," and he's like, "Yeah, you know, it's for like you know blisters." And I'm like, "Oh, for your clown mouth?" And <laughs> and I said that, and there was like little kids there, and next thing you know, I get to the next aid station, and they're saying the whole little kids in town are like running around saying, "I got a clown mouth, I got a clown mouth." <laughs> and, uh, all the little kids in Lake City know what a clown mouth is. So, oh man! Yeah. Well, there is a product called Anti Monkey Butt Powder. Yeah, yeah. Yep. So there you go. Rumored hey, out clown mouth. What's Sorry. that? I, I'm curious uh, about the the stretch up there um, through the Ruby Mountains. Yeah, I'm actually curious about this uh, somewhat selfishly because I'm thinking about going out there in a, 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 a few weeks and mm-hmm. doing some hiking um, along the what is it? The, it's a National Recreation Trail there, Ruby Crest Trail. Yeah, yeah. So I'm just curious. Uh, you know, you actually told us about this area on one of your previous hikes. Yeah. And, um, you know, does this, is this current route that you've done um, kind of like a, any kind of a refinement through that area? Would you say that you um, pretty much like dialed your, your approach to, to going through that area? Should, uh, I, ju- should I just copy your homework? <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, it's, I would say to refine the Ruby Crest Trail would be foolish of me to even attempt that because it's expect, it's spectacular in its own right. Hmm. Um, 
And I'm uh, sorry, my mom is calling me. Um, <laughs> put her on, put her on. Yeah, put her on. We'll put her on the show. Why not? <laughs> she probably would love it. She's asking, like, when's it coming out? Um, <laughs> no. So, <laughs> the, the Ruby Crest Trail is spectacular in its own right. It's probably the highlight of Nevada in general. And if anyone does like backcountry hiking in Nevada, it's it's like more or less they're going to do the Ruby Crest Trail. Um, that being said, um, when I did it in 2015, my traverse across that, I had to figure out a way to get north of the Ruby Crest. And basically north was the big crux to get through it. Um, cause there's a lot of private land that surrounds the, the East and West side of it. Now, if you're going to go up to the Ruby crest or to the rubies for three days, like totally hit up the Ruby crest trail. Like it's amazing. But if you want like a 125 mile route that goes from Harrison pass to Wells, Nevada, like I got you covered on that. Um, I think it does. I have it vetted now more or less based off my past experience and what I did on this experience. Also, like, it was very nice. I had a handy Andy join me in that section. And it was so nice to have fresh eyes on that trail because we were, at some point, like, looking at, like, really gnarly ways to get through stuff. But it was also like, well, we want other people to hike it and not scare the crap out of them a little bit here and there. So we wanted to make things, like, <laughs> like doable and attainable for people so they would enjoy the route versus, like, just going through, like, a suffer fest. Because that's... As much as this route is challenging, I don't want to make it like unattainable for folks. I want it to be fun and, and enjoyable for people. So by, by far, I don't want to ref, like refine the Ruby Crest Trail. It's incredible. It's, it's like, yeah. if that's all you did, like. So if you were going to do like the Ruby Crest plus uh, a, a portion of this route, yeah. would In you go section, for like the stuff to the north or would you go for the south. stuff to the south? I, I would do the Southern Rubies. To me, that's like one of the best parts of the whole trail it's it's extremely isolated a lot of it's cross country but there is some like horse trail some old weird roads up on top of like the crest line like like you know faint deep track um it's also like has a it has a huge bristlecone pine forest like one of the oh, biggest nice. in the lower 48 oh. um the views are That's incredible cool. yeah it's super super dope up there um if you were to do that i would say like start um in a huntington valley go up Cherry Creek, Little Cherry Creek Canyon, traverse over the, the Southern Rubies, and then hit Harrison Pass and start the Ruby Crest. And that would probably be, you know, 70 miles, 75 miles. Um, it'd be a, a rigorous 75 miles, but it would be spectacular. Like, like that route in that section is, is gorgeous. Sweet. Yeah. yeah. Okay, we can go back to, to not planning specials next, uh, next time in a couple of weeks. <laughs> hey, Dirt, I noticed yeah. on, on the map of the route that the route goes through Basin Arranged National Monument. Yeah. I got I to admit, I've never in my life heard of Basin Arranged National Monument. What does that place look like? <sighs> kind of what you might think it might look like, like the moon. High desert, <laughs> the moon. Okay. High, high desert, the moon. So uh, that part's a trip. Um, and there's some refinement I want to do go, going through there um, when I'm back. I'm going to go back out there this October and I want to do a little bit of refinement going through the Irish, Mount Irish wilderness. Um, the, the Worthington Range, it's the Worthington Range is like the mini Sangre de Cristo range of Nevada. Like out of nowhere, it just sprouts up. It looks like this really gnarly hog back. It's in the basins are like moonscape type stuff and then you're just north of um uh 
Area 51. So you're getting all this weird dark sky. Like it's utterly black there, um, just complete darkness. And then you get like these, like I was getting these weird like sonic booms at night and like, like uh, camping out and seeing like fighter jets doing some training up in the sky and they have like blue like contrails coming out of the jets. It was so strange. I'd wake up to that in the middle of the night and then like they're training out there doing whatever. But so it made me feel like I was more or less like on the moon. Um, but then you also get to like the, the Western borders, the, the Quinn Canyon range. And that is like the first actual proper range where you feel like you're in high mountains and you get up to like 10,000 feet and there's like running creeks and everything else. So you go from like moon landscape into like this, this high desert mountain landscape with water and, and trees everywhere. And then um, besides that, you have the element of the spookiness of Area 51 being so close by. It's, I'm glad they put that there because, you know, what I mean by they, it's Congress established that as, as a, a national monument. And I, yeah. I'm not sure what year it was, but I think it's very important to kind of have a consolidated area to be defined as the Great Basin. Like I know there's the Great Basin National Park, but it's so minuscule compared to the Great Basin or the, the Basin and Range National Monument. Oh, know, really? So I was wondering about that. Okay, it's so the park's different. a lot smaller. Yeah, the park, you know, it goes from like, because the park has like surrounding valleys, like the Snake Valley, Spring Valley. And those were a lot of, a lot of like private, like big ranches areas, you know, and then it yeah. goes, it, it basically sprouts up to 13,000 feet and you're highlighted by this spectacular peak of Wheeler Peak that looks like mini Colorado. And it's gorgeous and you get views all over the place, but it doesn't really highlight, like it's the top of the Great Basin, but it doesn't highlight the Great Basin. So like the Basin and Range really kind of shows that high desert environment that you're going to be typically going through. Um, and north of that Basin and Range is Highway 6, which kind of like bisects the route in half. And so you can kind of think of the route in two portions in the loop. And that's another good thing about the loop itself is there's not very many trails. It's like, I was trying to think about this, like, what do we have as loops? We have the Wonderland, the Tahoe Rim Trail, Skirka's Great Western Loop. I did the Vagabond Loop. We don't really have a lot of other loops out there. And, and within that, that like structure of, of like even the mindset of it is that you really go through different like ecosystems in a way. So like the Southern Great Basin, south of Highway 6, where the Basin and Range is at, is much different than like the Basin and Range up by the Diamond Range or the Monitor Range or the Ruby Range. Um, one is way more drier than the other. And the other one, the Northern Range is way more higher than the other. So, um, but it all constitutes as being part of the Great Basin. So it just really goes to show you how vast the Great Basin is. It's, it's mind boggling to me that nothing has been developed there yet as a trail is concerned. It's so huge, it's so pretty. It just gets overlooked because Nevada gets overlooked. You know, it's like we think of Reno, Las Vegas, Area 51, yeah. we don't think about these other places. I mean, two thirds of Nevada is public land. Wow, that's you know. like the opposite of Iowa. <laughs> yeah. I feel like you dropped yeah. some fact. I feel like you dropped some fact on us once about like uh, um, some of the areas in, in the northern part of the state being some of the largest wilderness areas in, in the country as well. Is that, am I in making Nevada. that up? <laughs> Sorry, Lucky's trying to make me laugh. <laughs> uh, he was tickling my armpit. Um, uh, you know, I, whew, I'm trying to think about those largest wilderness areas. And I'm sure, I don't think it was like national forest because I could think of like 
the Bob Marshall complex, the Frank River of No Return complex, like the Frank Church, you yeah. know, those complexes are probably the largest. But I, I, I would say the feel of feeling like you're in some of the largest areas of isolation is in Nevada. Um, and it may not be constituted by a boundary, more or less like a feeling. Um, and to me, that's kind of like, like there is no really definition of wilderness in a way, right? But it's, it's untrammeled by man and primitive and all that stuff, right? But you really get that feel in Nevada that it's kind of hard to get any other place um, in the lower 48. It's not like it's Alaska. And I know there's parts of Idaho that feels that way too, but it's a different environment in that Great Basin. You just, you could look for 150 miles to the east and not see anything um, uh-huh. except other mountain ranges. And that, that's a one trippy thing I had on the loop itself was as I was like getting to the northern portion, like the northern apex of the loop, and I start to almost double back on itself, like some things, some ranges look so close that I know I was at like recently and it felt it was so palpable that I was just there. But like, that was like two weeks ago. That was like two and a half weeks ago, but it's like right there. And it would take like an hour to get there by car, but three weeks to get there by foot. It, it's yeah. that vast. It's, it's not something um, that is very uh, understandable until like you're immersed in it a little bit, you know? And I, I don't know if that, it didn't bring a factual answer to your question, but because I feel no, like I, that's what Nevada brings to me, you know. Yeah. What's the water situation like on the GBT? It's more than what you think. It's more plentiful really? than what you think. And and I, I this and I want to say this too, like in a way, like this route is not designed for like your first through hike. Um, it's designed for like experienced people, right? So it's experienced hikers in a way. And, and I'm not saying it it should inhibit or prohibit people from hiking like like sections or day hikes like I totally think it's fine for that but if you want to do it in like a whole season or a whole loop itself it definitely you need to have some type of experience with like water carries know how much you can carry how much you could drink per you know how many liters you need to drink per day you know for the water source carry but excuse me I've just burped um, What's the biggest carry the biggest carry is 50 miles five zero. now yeah and that 50 miles is it's ironically enough in the northern part which is the wettest part Huh. But it's leaving a town. And that town that you're leaving is 50 miles to the next source, a really reliable source. Um, but when you leave town, you know how fat you are from water a little bit, right? So you kind of have a big old belly of water and food. So I think you have that going for you. Um, and also the time of year that you're in that particular section is usually in a cooler time of year. So I, that 50 mile stretch is not as ominous as if you're like, you know, walking through Death Valley in May right? Like that's, yeah. you know, Death Valley could hit triple degree temperatures. Um, that being said, the Southern portion does have a couple 30 mile stretches. I like the CDT has more 30 mile stretches than this thing. So um, it just has one really big 50 mile stretch. Okay. Other than that though, there's a lot of water. It's, it's, it's so, like I said, Nevada's under look, but it's also misunderstood. Um, like you think of Nevada's desert, but there's like, you know, these 6,000 foot basins with 12,000 foot ranges and going up into these ranges, you're going to have creeks coming down with water, all these places, all the water goes to the basins. Most of the basins are in BLM land, which have cattle grazing in those areas. So there's going to be some form of trough or spring or, or, uh, water collecting area, water catchment area down there. Um, 
because it has BLM and national forests, it, it has like the BLM is more catered to like ranching style stuff. So you're going to have like these, um, you know, man, man-made maintained uh, water catchment areas where once you get up into the mountains, you're going to find springs and, and um, um, you know, creeks and stuff like that. Besides the fact as well is that there's wild horses galore out there. So the BLM does a lot of effort to, to maintain like a water sources for, for those folks. Well, folks as in horses. You know. what's the season dirt like what's the best season to be out there is there a spring and fall season there kind? is a spring and fall and i so i went clockwise may 4th to june 16th um starting kind of eastern central part of the state so south of the great basin national monument so i wanted to avoid the really high elevation points because they would be snow covered so i took the hottest portion of the route in may um which is more deserty. So you get more like the Mojave scrub, a um, mm-hmm. little bit of Chihuahuan, Chihuahuan desert mix in there as well. And, you, and um, how, hot, how hot was it when you were going through the that? The hottest, hottest I had section. was 75 degrees. 75? 75 oh, that's degrees. great. That's awesome. Is that normal? So, yeah, that's not, that's, yeah. that's not even hot. Uh, it's about normal. <laughs> yeah, wow. it's about normal. Like, but you know, I, I'm walking at 3,500 feet. So it's not like I'm getting, I don't get lower than 3,400 feet. So, or you don't get lower than 3,400 feet. So you're basically above that. And if you're in the Hills, you're totally fine with, with temperatures because you have elevation. Um, When you get North things change a little bit because it does get higher. You have very big mountain ranges. So, so you have to time it a little bit to where like, if you start early May, you want to get to like the Toyabe, like, you know, maybe around third week of May or something like that. Um, like the Toyabe, the Takima, the Monitors, the Rubies, they'll all hold snow. Um, now, on the contrary, you can flip it and do a fall time hike and start around mid-September or October, depending on your pace, um, and go from like the same area I started in Eastern Central Nevada near Great Basin National Park and go counterclockwise. So that way, when you're hitting the desert sections, you're hitting that in late October, November. Okay. What, so you mentioned the low point, about 3,400. What's the high point? Uh, so the high point can vary based off like an alternate. So it could be like, you, so uh, without alternates, you have um, Jefferson Summit in the Takimas, which is right at 12,000 feet. Okay. Um, I also have a little like dog leg alternate going over Mount Moriah, which is like 12,050. Or I also have an alternate going through uh, Wheeler Peak at like 13, I think it's 1363 or something. Um, The reason I didn't go over that peak in general is because there's a a gnarly knife ridge on the other side of it that I can't expect every hiker to be comfortable with. So I kind of led them through an area that would, they would feel much more safer in. So I left it as an alternate. Um, Okay. So in, in actuality of the official route, the high route would, or the high point would be about 12,000 feet. What's the wildlife situation out there? What are you going to see? Is your wildlife <laughs> great You're going to see more than you've ever seen on any other trail. By really? Far. Like what are we by talking far. about? I mean, I wouldn't be surprised that I pushed a thousand wild horses. Like seriously, like Whoa. no doubt. Um, there's, I went, so in 15, I stayed at this place in Kingston, Nevada this little B&B and 
they were telling me about the, the elk in the monitors and the tequimas and, and the antelope range there and how big the elk get there. And because it's so isolated that the, the elk have the, like, I guess the biggest antlers in some of the, like some places in the lower 48, like some of the biggest antlers. Um, mm. Mm. I know like Northern Arizona has some big ones, but like that monitor range area has enormous like bull elk out there. Um, there's antelope galore, um, you know, I'm trying to think what, I mean, oh, we, we saw mountain goat, bighorn sheep. Uh, I mean, you name it. It was like, it was like being in Colorado. It was, it was really crazy in a way. Um, or like, you know, when you're on the CDT and you go to that great divide basin and there's like wild horses everywhere with like, imagine that, yeah. like, like imagine that triple fold. Like, oh my I mean, God. I was at nine, uh, 9,500 feet seeing 60 to 70 horses cross a range. Like it was crazy. There's no one out there. It's just wildlife and emptiness. It's, it's amazing. Yeah. You know, there's some snakes and stuff like that too. And you know, cows, which are probably, you're going to be cows and wild horses are your greatest friends. Don't forget that kids. Um, yeah, but, it's true. Yeah. They'll show you where the water is. Exactly. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> which, yeah. Any UFO sightings out there since you were so close to those you know, jets were tripping me out, man. <laughs> I mean, yeah. those blue contrails, they were like, like neon sky blue contrails and stuff wow. and like crazy sonic booms. And it was like, huh. and it was really cool because at that time, you know, it's like COVID just had happened. A, a worldwide pandemic is like literally laying flat to everything. And I'm in the middle of the f-ing desert, excuse my language, um, middle of the desert, just like seeing like waking up to fighter jets dropping sonic booms everywhere and it's like my only contact with civilization it was like i guess i'm everything's still cool you know but that that was pretty wild and i didn't see like actual ufos of course not but you know did you um, see any people out there at all the first people i saw on trail were in the southern rubies and it was an older couple from salt lake city so that's like 900 miles into the trail and i didn't even like see them the wind was blowing from the east so hard it's like you know when you have all you know when the wind's blowing so hard on a ridgeline you have all your gear on your hoodies are on and you're just like trying to walk and like you're leaning into the wind and and i'm doing that and i heard these like clicking clacking and i was like what the hell is that and i look over and because i i thought it was trekking pole tips and sure enough, there's this older couple and we looked at each other just like strangely, like, what the hell are you doing here? You know, um, that was the, the, the first encounter I had um, like on trail. Um, the, the, the only time I had people on trail was like in the in the Ruby Crest. Other than that, I had no one else on trail. So, you know, like it was so, so 900. Empty. It took you 900 miles of hiking to see your first other people. Yeah. Yeah, so let's highlight that for a minute. Like, this is not a beginner trail. Like, (laughs) well, you know, for a social experience, this is absolutely (laughs) not the trail to be. It's it's not a social experience, and I, Uh, I, I definitely tie the like the way I describe the trail to relate it to other hikers is to say it's a combination between like the Hey Duke Trail and the Oregon Desert Trail. So if you think about those, like those are more like if. It, it sounds so pretentious, but it's like a graduate level trail, those trails, right? Like you want to have experience to go do those things. Oh, I was having a conversation today with Buck 30 about stuff. Uh, Buck about 30. Stuff. Yeah, about B3O. Um, oh, I'm trying to remember. I think I just had a brain fart. Um, right. It's funny. B, B3 uh, sent us an audio update, which we're going to play a little bit later. He's out on yeah. the North Country Trail. Yeah, yeah. They just messaged me about that. And, and, um, 
I'm trying to think what he was talking about. Taxes. Um, but, well, anyways, how I describe it is like a mix between like the Oregon Desert Trail and the Hey Duke Trail. Like, I don't want people going out there to get in trouble. Like, that's not the point. But I want people to go out there who want isolation, who want remoteness. And I mean, I'm not a social trail hiker, you know, like, and I never started that way. So I don't, like, I've had good social experiences on trail, but I've always craved more like, being alone and being outside in the wilderness to like more meditative and spiritual type stuff like that's something i've really have tried to experience um and maybe it's because i started when i was older i i think if i started when i was younger it might be different but um this trail is definitely uh oh i know it's going to bring up about buck 30 like the challenge is like when you're out there you're out there like there's 200 mile stretches between right. like towns and yeah it's or you're you know, to go from Pioche, Nevada to Tonopah is like 265 miles. And if you don't walk into Tonopah, you still got to hitch 45 miles into Tonopah. So like being self-sufficient is really good on this trail, like, like establishing caches, like whether you bury it or have buckets or whatever it is, like you could be very self-sufficient on this trail. And, and if you're looking for like a two month experience without like just being in the middle of nowhere, like you could do it right in Nevada. Like you don't have to go to Alaska. You don't, you know what I mean? Like it's, it's not that you don't want to, or you shouldn't go, but we have it right here. That's close by. It's, it's cheap. It's not expensive. You could drive out there in the middle of nowhere. Everything's not expensive in Nevada, or you could bury your food or put a bucket out there. It's, 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 um, it seems logistically difficult, but I think it's easier than what people think it is, just like the water situation or just what you think of Nevada. I just think it's a lot of it's overlooked or not really ex it, uh, like understood, you know. Have you got pictures from the GBT on your Instagram account? All over it, all over the Instagram all right. and all over the, the website. So um, Instagram is paincave underscore uno. Go yep. check out those photos see what we're talking about here tonight i'm looking at a few of them right now and it looks freaking incredible like talk about yeah. big sky country yeah. man big sky country and i try to be very particular on those photos as far as like what the section was i didn't try to like fluff it up it tried to be like i went from point a to point b i went from eureka to wells this was the section was how many miles here's the highlights of it um i really think it's it's uh wow it's it's gonna knock your socks off it's, it's as pretty as any trail i've ever done and and um like my website has other trails within like the articles of whatever i'm describing um so you can kind of see what you're walking through um there's some pretty like you know either you're going through like some pretty gnarly desert stretches where it's isolated and it's like you feel like you're on the moon and next thing you know you're way up in the high country and alpine country above treeline and you feel like you're on top of the world so damn it, whole it looks it looks incredible it looks absolutely incredible I'm definitely stoked on it. You know, I was, I've been thinking about hitting the Ruby mountains for, for uh, a bit yeah. now. And once I uh, started thinking, all right, yeah, early October, I should go over and do a little hiking and see what's up. Well, I'll be um, out there. So maybe we could time it. I mean, so like my plan is, and I just want to say this too, like, I believe in this thing um, a lot. And I, I really believe in it in a way that I think other people will love it. And so I'm going back out there and i'm gonna hike it again in a counterclockwise direction just to make sure it works um so like my whole point is not to like cross anyone up or like 
challenge every, you know, their whole ego or whatever it is. I just think this is an area that people will truly love and experience to like a very high degree of, of just enjoying being outside, you know, and that, that's the whole point of us, like even getting out there and doing stuff is, is just experience. Totally. Yeah. You know, and, and it's this, this area for me, like I'm not from there. Like I've, I've, I lived in Rosemont, California, which is right near Mojave, which is like kind of like the cusp of like the Great Basin border. But like I've driven through there for a long time since I was a kid and it just impacted me over a long time. So it's a very big sense of place for me. And there's no other bigger place in this lower 48 than like the Great Basin. I mean, I know the Rocky Mountains are huge, right? But no, like but it's, a diff- it's immense. Yeah, it's different. It's immense. Yeah, it's a different so type different. of thing. Yeah. Would awesome. you say that of your of your uh, you know novel route creations, it, it kind of sounds like this might be, even though it's whatever quote unquote graduate level, it sounds like it might be uh, among the more accessible and yeah. also the more um, like broadly appealing to people that aren't yes. as into as much misery as you are. Would that yes, be- it's, it's um yeah and that, that's a big reason why like when i went into this i was just like oh it's the great basin loop but by the time i got to tonopah i was like this is a great basin trail and i the reason i switched it from like loop to trail was because i thought i really believe that people will will dig this and it's not just about me in this aspect of like me trying to find something on my own type thing on my own path or whatever like this is something people have to experience out there um if if you're a long distance hiker and there's so much, like, especially when you get into these routes, Grand Enchantment Trail, Hey Duke Trail, uh, all these other things are just so thematically based. This is so thematically based in the Great Basin. It makes sense. It's mm. enjoyable. It's, it's wonderful. Um, and it's, it's so incredibly scenic. And It definitely sounds to me like, uh, you know, um, more, more of a trail that, that you've designed obviously you do them for yourself but i feel like this sounds like one that's designed for uh for others or at least with others in mind Some, sometimes sometimes some of your, your other stuff you've yeah. you've you've uh you know come on and talked well, about it i like, mean oh that's an amazing route that like only yeah. dirtmonger is going to be able to do you know no i mean dude no yeah you're absolutely right like and it's different than how i felt before in times past like um you know i'm not trying to sound like a selfish prick, but like I've always hiked because I like to hike for myself. Like this is what I like to do. It's what I love to do. This is what I, totally. I do. And like the, my vagabond loop was only named a certain way because it helped me like think about my whole life up to that point. Uh, this particular route like totally changed me in a different direction and was just like, I want to share this. And um, it's something that I feel is appealing for a lot of people. And I don't think it's, it's solely divine as a graduate level for through hikers. I think it's also like you're mentioning like a section hike or desert lovers or desert rats or something like that. Or like you could even piece this together with like a mountain bike, like a bike packing route. You You don't have to like to do exactly what I did. I think I just kind of gave a frame of reference to find a way through an area Ultimately, that's what a trail is, is finding a way through an area. The only thing I could say that's different about this is that I created a loop and a loop has brought so much like profundity to me as far as like, you're not just passing through an area and you just feel the pulse of an area, like you're really in the, the heart of an area and you don't leave it. You just feel like you're a part of it so much. Like, you know, even if you're on like these big, you know, PCT or CDT, you go through these different ecosystems, you're following the seasons and stuff like that. 
but you do leave areas and you and this is like you're in such a ginormous area you feel so small but you just you're in the heart of it all the whole time it's it's it to me it was a very profound experience that I wanted to share with people. Where can people get information on this trail? Like maps, so, details, yeah. a little bit. So right now I have um, freedirtmonger.com. I removed the blog spot, so I'm trying to be a little bit more grown up here. Wow, um, you bought a URL. Good for you, man. Hey, man, I'm, I'm Spr- trying to be for that extra dad, $25, man. huh? I think it was $12.99. Nice. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, so I... So you can go to the freedirtmonger.com and there's a page there, the Great Basin Trail page, and it has all the resource information you might need, like the overview, the introduction. It yeah. has the guides. Uh, there's also the, the write-ups on seven sections. Um, and then there's also a guide on the map and GPS track. My goal behind this is like, I can't just release this to everyone freely. Um, I do need to have conversations about people because I don't want anyone getting into trouble up yeah. there. And I don't, I'm not trying to like cross people up or like, <laughs> you know, I don't want to like fool anyone here. I want people to have an enjoyable experience. It is a really rugged and tough trail. Like I said, it's a mix between the Hay Duke and the Oregon desert trail. If you've done any of those trails, like at some points it's going to feel easy. At some points it's going to feel like the toughest thing you've ever done, but I'm not trying to trick you. I want you to enjoy this trail. So um, that being said, I want to have a conversation before I give you a map set, unless I, I really know who you are. You know, I think that's totally yeah. fair. And, and there's other people that do the same thing. So I think that's Of cool. course. Yeah. And I, yeah. I want to be a little bit more open about this too, like conversationally wise, because I think there's people that aren't through hikers that have just as much skills as through hikers. Right. So like if I get like some ultra runner that wants to talk to me about it, like I'll talk right. to him about it. Of course I will. Like, I'm not trying to make this totally limited. Um, and I do have that. Um, and if I actually created a, an email um, because of the interest that is, that is, that I've seen so far. So I, if you want to talk more about this and you want some more information about it in particular, not just what I wrote about it on my website, but like the map set and the GPS track, just email me at Great Basin Trail, um, Great Basin Trail at gmail.com and I'll cool. respond cool. to you. And if it gets too freaking crazy for me to keep up with this stuff, I may look at maybe charging something right now and maybe donating the money to like a, a Nevada wilderness organization. I don't know if I have enough steam yet for this. Well, uh, Dirtmonger, but- can I just interrupt and encourage you to do what uh, Larry Boy did, which is uh, not only is he picky about who he gives the, the information out to, but he will not give you his data set until you can prove that you yeah. did trail work within the last year. You know I love what's it. funny? You know what's funny? I heard I heard that podcast, and I was like, I felt like I told you guys that a long time ago because I was an ultra runner, and I yeah, was like, yeah, you don't become yeah. an ultra runner unless you do trail work. And I felt like I presented that stuff to like other trail organizations before, and I was like, ah. I've been trying to tell people that forever because like, I don't feel like you should get well, information sometimes. We don't I'm, have I'm pretty sure you actually talked about that when we did the, the episode, yeah. when we yeah. recorded the, uh, uh, the bonus episode. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I absolutely longer, agree dirt, with him. I absolutely yeah. agree with him. Yeah. And we don't have anything to give away. Otherwise we'd do the same thing. Although we are doing a giveaway contest yeah. with Gossamer gear where people can, yeah. can enter with 
trail work. Cool. Is that hey, who this guy hey, is hey, sitting hey, across monger. the table from me? Yes. Exactly. <laughs> hey, Dirtmonger. I don't know if anybody hey. asked you this yet. Uh, I, I joined late tonight. I really Hey, apologize. when did you join? <laughs> just, I was late, man. I had a lot of stuff going on. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Just a big question for you project. about the Great Divide Basin route. Um, is there any water on this trail? We already talked. Oh, about come it. on, Lilo, you got to talk. There's no <laughs> we, water at all. It's yeah. a, it's, no a, water. it's an eleven okay. hundred uh, mile water carry. That's can right. I t- can I tell you guys a story that happened to me on trail that's never happened to me before? Yeah, it's okay with POD. <laughs> <laughs> so, I you know I I start this trail like I went out there and like stashed three buckets. It was like the start of COVID and stuff like that, you know. So I'm trying to be really responsible, like severely social distance i didn't see anyone for two and a half weeks and um the my mom um was gonna come up from la to visit me for like a day and the day that she was gonna visit me and the day i was actually gonna go into tonopah um because nevada was i wasn't sure when nevada was gonna open up but i had an idea but i woke up in the middle of the basin and i felt the ground shaking and was like the hell is that like it's an earthquake. And I'm, you know, I'm from LA. So I grew up around earthquakes. Um, and the ground was shaking. I, I was like startled awake in the middle of the great basin. Like the earth was moaning, like totally just like, Ooh, <laughs> right. It was an earthquake in the middle of nowhere. Woke wow. up to an earthquake. I've never had that on trail. Like a, it was, it turned out to be like a 6.5 earthquake. Wow. Um, wow. Yeah. Are you serious? In the middle of nowhere. And so like it hit the first time I like, and I was cowboy camping and I like lifted up my head and was like, that feels like an earthquake. And then I laid my head back down. And then I, it, aftershock came and I lifted it up again. And I was like, well, I don't have any walls falling on me unless the yeah. ground opens up, I'm fine. <laughs> like that was literally my thought. Um, and then I just went back to bed. And then I get to the road and like I had like a, I actually had service there, cell phone service. And I had a, a flood of messages. Are you okay? This and that. My mom was freaked out because she's thinking of the Northridge earthquake in 1994. And she's like, it was 6.5 out there. The Northridge earthquake at 6.4. Like what's going on? It was a total like freak out moment for everyone else. Wow. But like it felt pretty like romantic out there feeling an earthquake in the middle of nowhere. I, like without any walls to reference anything, it was pretty totally. Cool. Yeah, awesome. So it's that is pretty awesome. That's got Yeah, I can't. That's got to be a first. I can't. Did, did you just kind of like roll over and put your hand on the ground and be like, oh, it's all right, baby. It's all right. <laughs> Calm down now. It was weird too because I was like in this little tiny wash, you know, and it's kind of like cold sand. And mm-hmm. it yeah, was, it was like, uh, it was just a trip. It was, it was a total trip. I, I just haven't experienced that before. Man, that is awesome. Unfortunately, we've got to cut the conversation here. The website is freedirtmonger.com. Go there. You can find all the info you could possibly want to get about the Great Basin Trail, but you're going to have to go through Dirt's vetting process if you actually want. Yeah. And it sounds like if you do some trail work, you know, uh, you might be be able to get a little double duty here. You'll be able to enter our contest as well as get a uh, map set from dirt. Yeah. Maybe we could do like, um, uh, like, like some cattle trough work in the middle of the world. Like solar well, you know, because there's not a lot of like actual. Welding of some cat, you know, if there's a leak in the trough, you can get out there and weld it. Oh, you know, go milk a cow or something. (laughs) Awesome. All right, folks. Um, we've got to take a break. When we've come back, we've got Trail Show Hotline. 
We got some updates from Buck 30 and Wolverine. And we've got Mike DiLorenzo in the house, ladies and gentlemen. Don't go anywhere. Hang on to your hat. The trail show is back. I've got a new beer cracked from the Tough Broad and Bear Sweat stash. I've got the Substance Ale, which is a 6.6% ABV ale coming out of Brothers Brewing Company in Maine. It's quite delicious. Well, I just wanted to add, I um, I actually tried some of the IPAs that Disco had prior to this evening's show and they were actually really good and i'm not much of an ipa person they're all very good yeah they've been really good dilo what is that the mountain man mountain man this is the i saved this one for tonight i actually haven't drank many of these yet but i was definitely saving this one for tonight from the penebscot bay brewery in winterport maine it's the mountain man double ipa coming in at a a hefty 9.5% alcohol by volume. This is not this is not a hazy IPA. This is a bitter traditional IPA coming in well over 100 IBUs. Yeah. I think that's one of the ones that I tried that I actually liked. It's quite Penobscot. good. Penobscot, Dilo. Penobscot. If you're a lumberjack, that's okay. But for the experienced beer drinker, only Mountain Man American Double IPA will do. There's a lot more I could read, but I, I'll let you find yourself a Mountain Man IPA from Penebscot Brewery and read the label yourself. Yeah. I like it. <laughs> Spesh, Triple O, what do you got? Anything new? I got nothing new. I'm... I... How was that Blueberry Fago? <laughs> I mean, Sparkler. The Sparkler? It yeah. was excellent. I cannot complain about it at all. Have we have we expressed our gratitude to Bear Sweats yet? We have. Yes. Uh, excuse yeah. me. We, we it, have, but you still can. The, what yeah. is this? It is not just Bear Sweats. Oh, and Tough Broad. Also Tough Broad. Yeah. And Tough Broad. Yeah. Have we expressed our gratitude to the beer and gurus peanut. who are Bear Sweats, Tough Broad, Peanut, and Pinochle? It's amazing. <laughs> I actually I forget right. what, what's the third one. What's the we, we, I think Piglet. I think we Not talked Piglet. about the fact that it was that so far we've talked and 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 again we can talk more about it, but that it's it's been it's been good beer that there were a lot of tall boys represented in this yes. this package at least my package it sounds like everybody else's too. Um, we we appreciated also the uh, the art 
that came with the uh, mm -hmm. the beers in in form of the uh, the packaging or or. Also, so, that, they, that I, they tried to choose beers that were appropriate. You know, they sent us the types of beers that we like. Yeah, they sure I, did. They did a I really actually good job. really, yeah, I definitely appreciated that because, uh, you know, I, I'm like you, Pewdie. You know, I, I I'm not always big on IPAs. Sometimes yeah. I like them. A lot of times I don't, though. Um, yeah. So it was nice to have uh, a a a delivery that that was like felt felt kind of curated just for me. It yeah, made me feel exactly. Special. <laughs> uh, I am drinking a new one, by the way. I'm gonna what do you have? open this one up. Uh, this is beer. Oh, oh that one's good. Beer. I had that yeah, the other this night. Is, this is from the Foulmouthed Brewery. Uh, oh, and, the Foulmouthed. Yeah, and they're coming out of South Portland, Maine. Um, this is I actually, you know, for for what appears to be a plain label, I've got to say I rather like it. It's this kind great. of reminds me of like the Duff beer label or something uh -huh. like that from The Simpsons because it just says beer and it's just like white, blue stripe, and it's a, a quality brew for ordinary effing people. <laughs> uh, and, then, and then it's like it's 5.4, you know, and it's and there's not like a bunch of extra stuff on it. It's literally just like it's clean beer. they've got their they've got their foul-mouthed logo up the side which is basically like they've got a fun font where the you know the o is across out and they've got the umlaut on the u and whatever some fun stuff like that uh but i i, I like that it's just like beer so yeah. and i'll go ahead and take a sip here and i'll give you my first impressions it's really good it's what's for dinner that is a quality brew yeah it's nice. got like a almost like a subtle sweetness to the aftertaste that i like mm -hmm. yeah i'm into it all right out of order are you ready to uh play some hotline for us yes we have three calls tonight um yeah. let's start off with a little response to some advice that salty gave us on a previous show think they have some an alternate take. Hey Trader Show, this is two for two. I'm out here farting around the Alpine Lake Wilderness, but they still call me Pat up here in Washington. And I'm finally getting a chance to listen to some back episodes. And a couple episodes ago you guys had Salty on and uh, special asked her about fried chicken and fried shrimp before going on a hike. And since I've got a real hard time believing that Salty has ever hiked out on a stomach full of fried foods, I wanted to give you guys some first-hand experience and a little input. Um, so in 2017, I quit my job and then decided to hike the PCC, um, southbound. And I had never backpacked in my life. I had probably hiked a 10-mile trail once before and had no idea what I was doing. Um, before, on my last day before... I'm pressing buttons in my pocket while I'm walking. Um, the day before I uh, went on my hike, my parents asked me what I wanted to eat for, I guess, my last meal, however morbid that sounds. Um, and my, even though we're the whitest family in the world, we have this bomb wonton, fried wonton recipe that we do with sushi. And so genius me decided that that was going to be the meal that I was going to do last, or do as my last meal. And when I got to... The trailhead the next day, I, uh, I hiked out with my 58-pound pack, uh, nine liters of food, four liters of water, and just a bunch of cheap, just heavy gear. 
and made it about 11 miles that first day before my insides just started turning around. I ended up laying in my tent all night, barely able to eat, and I uh, didn't really know if I was going to be able to make it. I really wasn't sure what I got myself into. I, I The next day, decided to keep hiking on a little, and about three miles into that, I just started throwing up heavily, and all the acid started coming up, and ended up pitching a tent or my rain fly right before Rock Pass because we had heard that there was snow everywhere and some hiker had been rescued the week before and it was not something I wanted to hit when I wasn't feeling great. And when I laid down, I closed my eyes and I mean, 10 minutes later I had a deer walk up to me and I looked up in my tent and deer's just staring me at me in the eyes and he grabs my hat and runs like 100 yards away. Turns around and just starts chomping on this hat, just staring at me, <laughs> talking to me. And what Mr. Deer did not expect was for me to run out of my tent barefoot with my trekking poles, screaming at the top of my lungs. And so when he turned around to run, he brought my hat. Um, but he turned back around to try to pick it back up. And I ended up giving out the largest roar I've probably ever done in my life. And he ended up running off. And so I have, I thought, unfortunately, our what? messaging system is only oh. three minutes, but what but happened? What happened? He did call point? back. He did call back. Unlike other people who have just continued to talk to the nothingness. So let me play part two here. I don't know why it starts like a helicopter. But, um, I'll wrap it up quick. Basically, defeating an animal in the woods was at that time in my life what I felt like the most badass thing that anybody could ever do. And that gave me the adrenaline to continue on my hike, which I ended up doing about 1,100 miles that first year simply because of fires and eventually money. Um, but that experience has gotten me through some of the hardest times since then, um, including the next year after that when I started in Campo at 103 degree temperatures and got heat stroke. I, I know that if I had a chance to call on a phone or I hadn't out on that second day, I probably would have taken it. But I also don't know about if I hadn't have gotten sick and gone through that, I may have gone through something a week later when I did have self-service and I would have never been hiking again. And so I, moral of the story, I think I can basically attribute about 3,000 miles that I've hiked in the last four years to fried wonton. So I don't know. It's up in the air, Salty. Fried wontons. Yeah. Huh. Okay. So it's an yeah. endorsement of fried food immediately before you begin your first hike. Mm -hmm. A apparently. Okay. <laughs> it was a long trail to get there. It was. Yeah. That was not very American discourse. I'll just say right there, man. That was. That would have been better delivered in Spanish. I'm just saying. Would have been easier to follow. <laughs> It was all. It was almost like, uh, like one of one of Delo's letters. Oh, I feel like what oh, he was yeah. saying I got was some good letters. Tonight. He listened to the show. Salty was talking especially about fried food, and he said he did hike out in fried food. He got sick, but he didn't have cell phone service. wasn't able to call, and he's glad because it was such right. a horrible experience. But he wasn't able to quit. But I'm not sure what the deer had to do with. The fried food. I think it was just part of the weirdness of the experience yeah. okay. or something. Okay. Or maybe the deer took his hat because it had salt on it. 
I yeah, I know. thought he was gonna link not, over to then like talk wasn't... about Buck Thirty and the deer piss and no. the shit. I don't know. Let's go well, to the who, who knows. Maybe they'll call back wow. and explain <laughs> what they were talking about. Here's a little shorter one, so Purity won't be as cranky. Um, no, I'll still be cranky. Sh- yeah, yeah. yeah let's let's not kid ourselves. Thankfully, D'Lo is here because this is a criticism of, of him. <gasps> oh. I never have been so offended in my life. I was telling my friends about the nice people that helped me when I hurt my ankle. And we only let people call me Bob that I'm a friend. And you did me wrong. We were listening to our favorite podcast in our sewing circle. And I am ashamed to say you're all dead to me now. We used to love listening while we sewed. Is this Barb? And I said this nice Barb. Michael and Wendy helped me. But you're this is Barb. Him. I got to go get Wendy. Peace and love. <laughs> I got to go get Wendy. <laughs> She's never going to believe. Wendy is never going to believe that Barb listened to the trail show, heard the last episode, and called in. She's just and not going to believe you it. call her a large woman over yeah, and over yeah, and over. Very disappointing. larger carriage. How dare you? Let's just say it took three grown people to carry Barb. He's listening. Okay. He's listening, dude. Okay. Oh, sorry, Barb. Are you listening? Can you edit that so that they don't hear that next time? You know, Barb, because Barb's going <laughs> to listen to this episode too to see that it, to make sure that she was on the show. And what I just said is probably offensive to Barb. So could you? You know, no. work some editing. No. I mean, if if nah. if we leave it in there, we're definitely gonna get uh, a follow up call. So, do yeah, that. Maybe, maybe I mean, leave it. Do the disco has enough editing to do. He doesn't yeah, exactly extra work. Yeah. He has enough got, editing just on a normal night of disco. Well, so. Disco, I got, I got cash, man. <laughs> you got, got one dollar. Right. Okay. <laughs> it looks like he's going to the <laughs> strip club after this. So what are you doing? You got a lot of you making it rain. What are you doing over there? Either it's going or was nice, at it working. One or the nice, other. nice try putting the 20 up front there, but we could tell it's all I, ones. I, I got a letter from my bank saying that I got to have some activity in my kid's account. Otherwise, they're going to close it. So I got some money from the kid. You got some nice. dollar bills. Nice. <laughs> nice. Uh, should we do, speaking of money, should we do our, don- our donors? No, donors. we should go to buck 30 first. Oh, okay. While we're doing while we're doing a little bit of uh, audio segments, audio segments. Okay. We got a update from one Brian Buck Thirty Tansman. I'm Wh- going what's to- it gonna What's it gonna cost, Disco, to get that edited out? We've moved on. Yeah, sorry, man. Yes, on to Buck Thirty. Yep, we've we've moved right on, man. I I don't even know what to say. We'll just play Buck Thirty here. I got You're forty-five, gonna- fifty-five dollars right here, man. $55. You're gonna have to drain your kid's account, man. No more organic kale for you. Pull it all out. You get, you're going to have to buy a lot of trail show t-shirts. Hey, hey, pipe down. Buck 30's talking. EOD's time of the month for a third month in a row. I'm a little worried. It's only been like three weeks. Um, that's pretty pretty soon. Maybe EOD should check with her gynecologist. Tell her Buck 30's worried. It's only been three weeks, but... I'm here. Anyway, a pause. currently uh, just about to finish up the Upper Peninsula on the North Country Trail. It's day, let's see here, it's day 100 and 
seven to what day is it here? 112, day 112. I just kind of crossed over 2,000 miles this year on the North Country Trail. Got about uh, 800 or so, 850 to go to connect to Ohio where I left off a couple years ago and that'll be the whole trail for me. So kind of exciting. Um, got a couple, let's see, I got a, I got a trail tip. I got a trail maintenance tip Ooh. because you know, I'm all about trail maintenance these days. Um, but first, a couple other points to, to cover. Um, let's see. <laughs> Can't uh, wait. As much as I like listening to you guys spew out incorrect information on a monthly basis, <laughs> things once in a while. Um, the Mackinac Bridge that you guys talked about last month, uh, totally off base there, of course. Um, but, you know, if you're not reading from a Wikipedia entry for Trail of the Month or if d is not reading from a, a beer can, doesn't surprise me that you guys would probably be off. But the Mackinac Bridge is not required to, to walk across to complete the NCT because you can only do it once a year. And, uh, and of course, this year it's canceled. Um, so we were right. We yeah, did, didn't we, didn't we talk about that? Yeah, we, that's what we said. Yeah. We were like, you can only cross it once a year. How is that incorrect? We got it all wrong. Yeah. Well, it is canceled this year. It is possible, but it is possible to hike across it. So yeah, that was our I mean, point. If you were dedicated to the North country trail. You would time it. Yeah. So come on. The Buck, Buck 30 is not right here day. to defend himself. Let's let him keep lecturing us. This you shuttle. That's true. What the bridge does for like pedestrians and bicyclists and drivers who are scared. But this year that's canceled too. Uh, luckily for me, uh, trail show VIP Wolverine will be in town with access to a car because that guy's got the hookups everywhere. So he's going to grab me and shuttle me across the bridge. The so, moose uh, Mazda. Be cool to meet up with Wolverine uh, in Mackinac City for a night. So uh, yeah, that's coming up in a couple of days. Uh, and I guess the other thing I was going to mention is um, I was catching up on some old trail show episodes. And the one back in, I think, February with Twinkle, uh, man, that guy's funny. I gotta say that that guy, that guy is funny. I really think you should put him in as like the fifth, and probably just get rid of Delo. I mean, <laughs> honestly, what Delo he's a lot out of the house one Friday night every four months. I mean, is he really even part of the tra- of the trail show anymore? Delo, would you like to respond? No, because Buck Thirty is not here to defend himself, so I will let him insult us. So, it's okay. It's okay. By the, uh, the power vested in me as trail show accountant, I am uh, kicking out D-Lo and I'm bringing in Twinkle. So uh, get that going. Uh, okay, now for my, uh, the trail tip. Maybe cue the music, D-Lo. D-Lo, disco. Cue the music, disco. Music cue. Um, I don't know. You guys have talked about this a little bit, but I wanted to do something with the whole like PCT, maybe not issuing permits and by the way, what's all the background noise? Is he like that's his um, clown tent? Maybe he's hiking. That's his thighs rubbing together. Keep yeah, on. he's walking. Maybe he's walking. Craziness. You know, I wanted to throw out there that, you know, hikers should maybe start thinking outside of the Triple Crown Trails. Oh. Um, and, and, you know, and outside of like the Colorado Trail, Ooh. where apparently everybody who couldn't hike uh, any other trail went to this year. Um, you know, there's, that. A, there's a lot of good National Scenic Trails out there. 
you know, I'm on one right now, the North Country Trail. I mean, 4,600 miles, maybe 40, actually 40, almost 4,800 miles. Um, the Upper Peninsula that I just came through, just amazing. Just really, really probably the best section of the entire North Country Trail. So, um, yeah, I mean, there's, that, there's, the, there's the Ice Age Trail, um, another kind of different type of experience. Um, you got the Pacific Northwest Trail, which could be an option. But I guess my point is one of the cool things about like the Ice Age Trail or the North Country Trail is, um, you know, they, they travel through a lot of remote communities. You know, not a lot of pandemic stuff going on up here. They also, you know, there's no hidden. I'm going to hike 2,800 miles this year on the North Country Trail without a single hitchhike. Like, that's pretty crazy. Like, you can't possibly do that on the Triple Crown Trails, maybe the AT. But, um, you know, it's kind of nice in a year that's not great to hitch, to not have to hitch. And it's pretty nice that, you know, the small towns up here are, you know, totally welcoming. In fact, it's kind of crazy. Uh, every business owner I've, I've talked to this entire summer has said it's the, the busiest summer that they've ever, ever had, which, you know, kind of counterintuitive to what you would think. But the, the, yeah, the motels are crazy. The, the restaurants are crazy. It's just, it's why the season's going longer because, you know, school is barely happening. So um, yeah, it's good to be on these trails that, you know, don't have a lot of drama, um, don't have a lot of like regulation issues, permit issues. And I don't know, it's just something, something to think about if you're considering doing the PCT or, or some of these other trails that maybe are a little bit more challenging to do during this, this time of year or this time of a pandemic. Um, yeah, there's something else there to do. I will say that, you know, they're not as spectacular as the PCT or the CDT. So don't go out there on the North Country Trail or the Ice Age Trail and come back and yell at me, kind of like the Tayarela and, you know, two certain hikers who <laughs> just can't do anything but hike in the wilderness on single track trail have no appreciation for other cultures, other countries. Uh, oh, <laughs> here, here we go, POD. We go. This is nonstop. This is nonstop. He just, he's just coming at us. He's there's, coming at us. There's it's, more. A, it's, it's a full on roast. It is. It is. Uh, so yeah, that's my trail tip. Uh, think outside the box, find a, find a different trail for in 21 and, uh, and go hike it. Uh, and now, my trail maintenance tip. Oh my Man, God. Jesus. This guy, like, he wants to be the fifth chair, I think. Wait, is there also a part two to this? Yeah, this is actually like serious. The trail maintenance oh. tip is if you're going to do trail maintenance, bring your own pair of lopers because they're called loppers. He doesn't even know what they're called, POD. Oh my God. Lopers. Lopers. Is that like an interloper? Well, yep. you know, this is my, this might be what they call them up in Michigan. They, have a lot of okay. experience. they will stick you with a garden rake and you will have nothing to do during trail maintenance. <laughs> you will never do trail maintenance again. But if you bring your own pair of lopers, like, you'll have something super easy to do that takes no real skill. And you'll just like, oh, walk down the trail and cut a bunch of brush. But on the trail maintenance that I was on, I had like, two pairs of lopers and that was basically the only thing that needed to be done anyways does alta make a loafer <laughs> loafers or lopers Wait, are we talking loppers here people or lopers? like like i didn't know alta made those there's still 30 seconds left and two pairs okay. of lopers so bring your own lopers 
That's the trail maintenance tip of the month. <laughs> you better walk your own San Angelo bar. Um, or just be like Dilo and bring your own, you know, giant excavator and just <laughs> run of a bitch down the trail. Clear uh, a path like eight feet wide. Dude, I uh, I, I use hand tools, okay? All right. Um, all right. About 30 here. Uh, I mean, all the, the maple trees are starting to turn a little bit red, which is nice. And, um, I'll be crossing into the lower peninsula in a couple of days. Uh, talk to you all next month. What about Buck 30's accusations towards you? About I think what? they're great. I think they're great. <laughs> I, actually, I actually quite welcome them. I think that's fun. All right. And I would, like, I would like him to come in next month with another one of those and come right back at us because I think that's I think, it's warranted. Have, oh, sure I think it's warranted and it's quite fun. I have a question about the assertion that you only use hand tools. Do you use, does that mean no power tools in your outdoor exploits? No, but right. I mean, like, if I'm going to dig a hole, I'm not going to, like, rent an excavator and bring it to my house to dig a hole. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, if I had to dig a lot of holes, then maybe I would, yeah. you know, procure some power tools. But if I'm just digging a couple holes, I'll just dig them by hand. So, like, when you did, – didn't you redo your fence a few years ago? Yeah, but it was a small section. I had to dig, like, three holes, you know. Okay, so you didn't yeah. go and rent, like, a power – No, no, because thing. I didn't need to – if I was putting in an entire fence, then, yeah, I'd probably – what, what, what was, like, the last power tool you had to, like, go to Home Depot and rent? There was something I needed to rent there. It was probably a carpet cleaner. <laughs> <laughs> All right, all right, we got to move on. So, this is a a hotline call from across the pond, all the way from. Well, I don't know where they called from, but it's a German. So get ready. Hi, hi. This is German uh, Simon, the German vampire, calling from the Kektura in Hungary. I'm 300 kilometers in. It's going through nice beech forest and agricultural land. The trail is about 1,100 miles. Uh, about 30,000 uh, meters of vertical gain. That's a word I learned on the trail show. And I'm also listening to the trail show, and my goal is to go from episode one to the current episode. If you choose the trail, you might look for the season. So the season they recommend here is October to November. So now it's hot and a lot of mosquitoes, um, but uh, still nice. And uh, I realized um, you have to talk about genitals and poo to get on the show, so I'm doing that. Uh, <laughs> you can, <laughs> you, you say genitals and poo? <laughs> yes, you can tell he really does listen to the trail show <laughs> because he knows what, what gets him on the show. All right, here we go. One specialty they serve here is uh, turkey testicles goulash. Although I think it might be uh, a translation mistake because uh, the internet says it's more like turkey penises. And I can also talk about poo. And today I took my first backcountry bidet, feeling nice and refreshed. Right. nice. So greetings from the Kiktura to the trail show. Vampire out. Vampire. All right. <laughs> Excellent. I... I just, I love that there was a little backcountry bidet uh, plug yeah, in there. Yeah, and it sounds totally. like you really enjoyed it. So you know, not another convert. Wow, Vampire sent me a um, an email. We might have him on the show on a future episode to talk about 
his entire hike of what he's doing now. But anyway, P.O.D., do you have the audio clip? I think I got it. We'll see. It only says one second. <laughs> it's one second long. What the hell? I just... Press play. Press play. Click. I was just playing it, and it... Well, he was talking. Oh, unfortunately, it looks like we're going to have to move on. Um, yep. Yeah, I think we're going to have to go to, to mailbag at this point in the show. Um, seems like we're having more audio difficulty from POD. So can we get into mailbag? Uh, whoever's going to read mailbag? Mailbag. Okay. For mailbag, we have two nice letters we got this, this month. Letter number one. Greetings, Trail Show. I frustratingly have had to cut two hikes short in the past three years due to, I think, IT band syndrome. Mm. I seem to remember somewhere back in the annals of trail show history, you recommended another podcast that deals with common injuries that hikers face. Do you remember what that was off the top of your head? It's also possible all of the ibuprofen I've been taking has produced artificial memories in my head. I just finished nine days and 97 miles of the Northville Placid Trail through the Adirondacks before knee pain drove me off the trail. And I think this one would be great to feature on the show. It would be a phenomenal fall hike for the colors, lack of bugs, and cooler temperatures. This trail bypasses the crowded high peaks and instead traverses some of the more remote lowlands. Think lake bagging instead of peak bagging. At 136 miles, it's doable for you pro hikers in a week or less. There's also some historical trash along the way, which I know POD would love. And Lake Placid Brewery is near the finish line. And in the age of physical distancing, it's still kind of a hidden gem. Hasn't got the trail show bump yet. Tyler Sakash of Foot, Foot, <laughs> Foot Stuff Podcast would be a great person to have on and spit some knowledge about the NPT. And then he sent us a link to photos. Thanks, as always, for doing what you do. Much love and respect to the Trail Show at from Dan Thompson. Dan Thompson. By the way, <laughs> that, that was a very good recommendation. A, a, a strong case made. I should yeah. Say. Do you guys so remember? Do you guys remember the guy who was on the Trail Show who talked about the buffet of surfaces? Yeah. Yes. Who was that? Eric Schlimmer. Eric yeah, Schlimmer, who, ladies and gentlemen. Who is Eric Schlimmer? <laughs> who he's what do you mean he is? He's been on the show. He's been on. He's got books. Dude, dude's written. He's written books about Eric Schlimmer. There he is. Yeah. Six books, including My Adirondacks, named best memoir by the Adirondacks Center for his writing. His passion for education has been honored by the State University of New York's Merit Award for Teaching. This has got to be the Eric Schlimmer that we're thinking of. All this New York stuff. That's right. Right. By the way, I want to answer Danth Omson's first question. He asked about the the annals of trail show history and the fact that we mentioned um, another podcast that deals with common injuries. So what he's referring to, we talked about uh, Backpacker Radio, episode number 17, entitled Through Hiking Injury Prevention and Recovery Tips with Dr. Emily Kelly, who is a physical therapist based here in Centennial, Colorado. That's the episode that he is curious about. And I highly recommend anyone who hikes any distance really to listen to that episode. It's a good primer on preventing injuries and recovering from them. Awesome. Excellent. Trans Adirondack route. 
Yeah, yeah. the trans ADK, baby. The trans ADK. Eric okay. Schlemmer. Moving Don't edit on. that out. Just edit Barb. Get Barb out of here. Keep Eric Schlimmer. <laughs> Keep Eric Schlimmer. It took three Barb. people to get Barb out of there. I don't know what you think Disco's yeah. going to do on his own. Come on, man. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Mailbag. This uh, show's definitely gone roast form Letter tonight. <laughs> number two. Hello, Trail Show. I was drinking a six-pack the other weekend and realized that I was going to run out of beer well before afternoon turned into late afternoon, which was clearly unacceptable since Clemson was playing a night game. Oh, <gasps> Disco would like that. Yeah. Now... My husband had already taken our car to run some errands or whatever, said something about needing to pick up the kids from grandma's house. I don't know, not my problem, but the lack of car was. <laughs> and well, the lack of husband to drive it too since I was drinking. Knowing the closest store to find more beer was a mile away, I discreetly packed a beer in a brown bag, put on my altars, altras and got to walking. A mile later, the beer was gone and I was replenishing my supply. But it got me thinking, how far can you walk on a single beer? Ooh. How about more than one? An average beer has about 150 calories. And Google says walking burns about 100 per mile. So maybe I was just a half mile short. But does this hold up over the long haul? If I had a six pack of beer, which I like to call a Ryan Gosling, could I go nine miles? <laughs> What if I had two Ryan Goslings? Could I make it 18? Eventually, the alcohol would catch up, right? Yeah. Anyway, nine miles seems about the most anyone should go anyway, since the trail show episodes are about three hours long. What do you think? Oh. Wow, what a great letter. This is That's... an Ask a Hiker question almost. Yeah. No. How far can you go <laughs> on beer? You know, uh, this reminds me of like the... Uh, the like the Edward Abbey character, was it Hey Duke? Yeah. Was it Hey Duke that, that used to measure the distance of drives in six packs or in yep. beers? That's right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, um, yeah. Gosh, I would I would say that there's there's probably not even like a one to one formula, right? Where you could just oh, be like yeah. so many beers equals so many miles, because like, and and then it's going to kind of depend on like what kind of ABV you're dealing with and, like, and you know, there's probably, an imperial it's stout probably like a decreasing there's some yeah. sort of decreasing rate of return too because like Definitely. you can have like one beer and hike like two miles you can have two beers and maybe hike four miles but if you have like six beers you probably might make <laughs> it might five miles and then just kind of get tired and then drink Go six more beers and next thing you know there's no more hiking you know yeah. well and then there's no hiking the next day either because you just drank 12 beers and you're just like yeah well, yeah, yeah. So I, I, yeah, I don't think there's a straightforward formula here, no. and I think it's going to have a, it's going to have at least three or four uh, uh, levels to this differential equation. I mean, it could depends there, on the person too. Could there be an exponential mm -hmm. curve, a logarithmic curve? Whoa! I just saw a special crotch. So I hiked out a, <laughs> I hiked out a. Etna. You're welcome. Uh, after having had three pints of beer at the Edna Brewing Company, and I made it about three miles, and I was pretty much ready to not hike anymore after that. <laughs> so I'd say three pints, three miles is a, about it. Yeah. And and our friend Cliff Clavin, he hiked out of um, Kennedy, Meadows. Kennedy Meadows. Kennedy Meadows with all of his 
Sierra winter gear and a six pack of tall boys <laughs> that he drank he had, all of them the first night. <laughs> I thought he had two six pack. Was it two? It may have I was gonna I thought it was two, but I didn't wanna be hyperbolic. So you know, I don't remember who it was or even <laughs> which year I hiked the PCT that this happened, but there was definitely a group of guys that hiked uh north out of Kennedy Meadows with like a, a 30 pack of beer oh. each. Oh, and uh, I think there's like four or five of them or something that, that were that's, doing it. That's heavy. Yeah, I I think it must have been 06, but I can't remember. Yeah, I, 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 what I really remember was thinking, well, that's dumb. <laughs> you, <Yeah>. you guys <laughs> know about whiskey, right? <laughs> oh, my God. Maybe they're trying Wait, to if I thought that, it might have been 2010. <laughs> 30 miles, 30 beers. There you, hey, go. there you go. Let's take our last break. When we come back, we're going to do mailbag. We got Ask a Hiker with Dilo. We have some really long questions tonight. I saw that. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> you need to take a nap. This is your chance. It's not even up. a question, it's an answer. <laughs> this is an Ask a Hiker question, an answer to a previous Ask a Hiker question. Hey, Disco, since we're making like editorial requests, yeah. uh, when, when, he <laughs> reads, when he reads those, could you then make sure that we just. Can you edit them to like slow them down by like just a few percent, just a few percent, you know, so that it that'd so be that great, it, so that it doesn't sound weird, but it's but it but it's no, I think it should sound longer. weird. It should sound yeah. weird, and that'll be good for all the people. Answer my question. The people who listen to the to the shows on two times, all of a sudden it'll be like normal. Speech, yeah, like, right. Wow, yeah. <laughs> it'd be like the 10 minute ask a hiker answer. Do you think that people listen, who listen to the show at, at like uh, you know, accelerated uh, speed, do you think they think we're like all crackheads, like, like in the back of their, their right. mind, right? Like, not actively, but, but like their like impression of us is that, is that we're like just like Mouse. these, these really like. <laughs> super type a you think they're on coke type of people or whatever you know uh, okay well break time The Trail Show. Less gear, more beer. The Trail Show is back, baby. And we got another little piece of audio from our good friend Wolverine, who's heading the opposite direction as Buck 30. Let's see what he's up to. What up, Trail Show Nation? Wolverine here from Detroit, Michigan. And I am yellow blazing across the bridge. I'm hiking the North Country Trail through my home state of Michigan. And I finally made it to the Mackinac Bridge. And, of course, you have to drive across. As Triple O said in the last uh, episode, um, yeah, the bridge, you can only walk across it one day a week, uh, one day a year, and that's on Labor Day, and that was canceled this year. Um, so I'm taking a ride. And also taking a ride with me is Trail Show VIP, Brian Buck 30 Tansman. I'm so happy that he's here. Brian, how you doing? Oh, not bad, Trail Show. Uh, 
good times here. Uh, my hike's been going really well. I'm at about mile 600 um, and really enjoying it, but I'm not doing near the hike that Buck 30 is doing, which is the entire western half of the North Country Trail. How far? Uh, 2,850 miles this year, which will connect me to the 2,000 miles I hiked in 2018 to finish it. Nice, nice. Um, I have a little history uh, with Buck 30 in that uh, you know, I'd listened to him on the trail show and I knew he had done the Israel national trail. So I reached out to him for information on that. And since then, uh, he's been super helpful because he's been at this longer than I have and he has way more miles than me. Uh, so even this trail, I was able to get with him and, um, talk about the trail and, uh, get the Intel and all that stuff. So I'm uh, really glad for, uh, for him being, uh, on the trail with me and glad to run into him. Um, good to see you. That was a good dinner tonight. Yeah, I just wanted to repeat. Did you say super helpful, P.O.D.? <laughs> P.O.D., did you hear that? I've been super helpful. <laughs> Buck 30 has been super helpful to me, and uh, it has been my pleasure to meet him. And having talked to him now for a few hours, I am glad for his company. He seems like a decent fellow. I don't know, P.O.D. Yeah, this has actually been, I got to say, this has actually been the nicest night of my entire 113 days so far. Nice. I got to be out here with uh, Wolverine. And uh, it's been fun. I've been looking forward to meeting him for a while. We got uh, a we got some uh, a brewery. Yeah. Um, I don't know what did we uh, we actually mostly had porters. It's kind of actually probably fitting for the season. It's been pretty cold. We just we actually both walked in on a full day of fifty degree rain. So uh, not so enjoyable. Thanks a lot, Pod, for your home state of Michigan sending us that <laughs> rain. <laughs> It's so hard on P.O.D. Um, it's all your fault, P.O.D. we also have to point out that great hikers come from Michigan, like P.O.D. and Heather Anderson and uh, Michael Grizzly Ivy. A lot of great hikers from Michigan. You got to admit that. Uh, I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> That's unenforced. Okay. Uh, I got five questions for Buck 30 that I throw out real quick and just uh, yes or no, short answer, please. Uh Number one, did you throw a mud falcon off the cliffs at Pitcher Rocks National Lakeshore? No. I, I, disco is the worst. There's, I would never. I might take trail uh, surface dumps, but I would never just toss it off the side of a, off a, of a cliff. That's his technique, I guess. Okay, next. Um, someone wait a minute. Wait a minute. That is not my technique. What? what? You can't typecast me. That Surface wasn't my thing. I've never. What's he talking about? I don't know. Painted, Surface uh, stones. Guy Cope refreshes on the Mackinac Bridge. Was that you? Absolutely. <laughs> I thought so. Um, <laughs> have you had donuts for breakfast on three or more mornings this entire hike? Actually, I've probably had it on at least a dozen. Do you know that Katie Gerber hates you? <laughs> yeah, actually, actually, I'm going to expand on this one a little bit. Okay. I want the trail show to do a GoFundMe to send Salty out to the trail to help me. I have been eating, I've literally been living on holiday in quick trip gas stations. I've been living on dozen donuts, dozen cookies. P.O.D., what do you think? Should we send Salty out to help Buck 30? I think Buck 30 is adult enough that he can make his own choices. Is he, though? Is he, though? As an accounting person, he he understands the concept of a sunk cost. You can't throw good money after bad. That's true. And 44-ounce big gulps for the entire North Country Trail. So, hey, send Salty out. 
<laughs> I need Salty's help too. Uh, I take uh, great faith in POD's statement that Salty doesn't care what you eat um, because I eat crap too. And I listen to everything she says. She's a nutritionist and an accomplished hiker. I listen to Salty Snacks. I subscribe to her newsletter. She makes a lot of sense. But when I'm in the store and I have a chance to buy whatever I want, I get the ramen and the minute rice and the summer sausage and the cheese and all the crap and the Pop-Tarts. And uh, I need Salty to come on here too. It's true. Um, final question. Is it true that uh, after you finish the state of Michigan and 190 miles of Ohio, you will have completed eight of the 11 National Scenic Trails? That is true. Three to go. Uh, very impressive. What's the plan for the next three? Uh, Natchez Trace in November, Florida Trail, January, February, yeah! Heritage, April, and then done. Nice. nice. Very impressive. Uh, I'm glad to uh, meet you, my friend. Glad to meet you in real life. Uh, thanks to Jackie for giving us a ride today. Thanks so much. And uh, Terrestrial Nation, have a good night. Wolverine out. And Buck 30 out. Wow. Uh, that, that was a little too much Buck 30. So, Worlds <laughs> colliding. Oh, man. No, I just gotta. I just gotta speak up uh, on Salty's behalf. That you know, people make these comments all the time, and I'm just gonna keep saying it as well. Like, what do they want Salty to do? Like, stand in the store with them, like she's their mother? And yes. Like, no, you can't have that, that snack. That's what. Like, they, that's what they need. No, like, they don't. They no, need to they make need decisions for themselves, which they are doing. And she would say, if that's the decision you want to make for yourself, then that is your decision, and you should do it. I don't read all of Salty's emails, but I subscribe to her email list, and sometimes I click through and like read read whatever like the latest article and stuff is. Mm -hmm. You wanna you wanna eat better? Salty gives you all of the stuff that you like. I mean, and she's come on the show and talked about about a lot of this stuff, and and you know I feel like she kind of says a lot of the same stuff, and yeah. uh, and and in new ways, or she might have some new recipes or some new like subtleties to the insights that she's offering but you know she's uh she's given away the the majority of 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 uh her offerings for free if you just read her email and, and here's what i'll say click, about that click through to her, her her website you should read it or not you should read it and then either make those choices or make different choices but if you're going to make the other choice don't bring salty into it that's bs don't say I need Salty to come out here to the store with me because as Special said, she's giving it away for free and and make your choice. And also, I don't think she's going to be out there judging you and, and trying to give you like the tough nope. love of like, you got to put down the Twinkie and pick up the quinoa. Like, nope. the, you know, that's <laughs> not her style. She's not she's not she's not going to be out there judging no, she's your, not that uh, person. your your but I, I your could do that decisions. Yeah, I could do that. Why didn't you buy the puffed quinoa? Wrong choice. You bought the beef jerky. You should have bought the puffed quinoa. What the hell is wrong with you? Your hike is doomed. And you know, there's <laughs> there are probably websites that you can go to or 800 Dude. numbers that you can call um, where you can just call up and be like, hey, yeah, uh, so I'm not eating properly and I know I should be. Can you just yell at me for a little while about that? Okay, great, cool. 
They yeah. had and, and, and then they'll like connect they you had with like a Pukkima on the store, man, and I didn't buy it, man. I just didn't buy it. I looked at it. I had it in my hand, I man. Got and the, I, I got the I, sugar I up to the cashier. I walked up to the cashier and then I saw the Cracker Jacks and I put the puffed quinoa back, man. <laughs> I just I just couldn't do it, man. I just could I need a help, okay? Right. And I, yeah, they I have know all that, sorts of highlights for that stuff. Yeah. And I know they totally they're they're, they're being somewhat funny too, but I just I feel like I hear that a lot, and I know that for the sake of Salty, she is trying to offer free information for people who want it, and there's kind of this, this, uh, you know, kind of subtle belief out there that Salty's walking around judging your food, and that could not be farther from the truth. So, yeah, so don't call Salty. Call no, me. because Call I can D-Lo. Help. Yeah. D-Lo will help you with Puff Quinoa. P.O.D., did we get some donors this past month? Yeah. Who donated? Uh, Tough Broad and Best Sweats donated a whole bunch of beer. Hey, beer gurus. Drink, drinking the Spinnaker Hefeweizen from Rising Tide there, eh? And I'm drinking that onesie single hop IPA from Portland, Maine, the Lone Pine Brewery right That's there. That's a good one. Yep. Uh, I, yep. I'm still drinking beer, but I have... <laughs> uh, I have Spinnaker Hefeweizen uh, uh, that I'm going to probably save for for uh, tomorrow from Rising nice. Tide, and then I've got another um, from the uh, oh, which brewery was this one? This was the uh, the the uh, Bissell uh, Bissell Brothers Brewing out of Portland, Maine, and I've got a, a Baby Genius Ale. So oh yeah, I've got one of those too. I'll be drinking uh, those in the next few days. And then I our just... monthly donors, we have. Bernard Wolf. Bernie. Russ Not Fuss Kinder. Hey, Craig Pisco Gully. What a guy. Chris, Chris Smith. Gringo. Bobby Walters. B. Joshua. Bow down to Job Bowden. Trevor Smoker. You got it. Let it up, oh, man. Sean Weedman. Weedman. Jeffrey Cottonmouth Caldwell. Put my mouth is so dry. Ryan Pinkers. David Bull's pasta as big as your Vitty. dirty diaper that you packed out. <laughs> Justin Ooh. Quality Nels. Quality. Quality. Outstanding. Jason Larson Church. The Baptist. The name. Ingrid Gerard. Vermont. Rudy from CascadeHikerPodcast.com. Hi, Rudy. Pat the, Pat the Bouncer Dixon. Get out of here. We got on the, the trail. Weekend. Back on the trail. We won't stop till we get up that hill. As you were. We got the weekend. It was at the weekend already? No. Stephen oh. the Hustler Russell. Rustler. Am and the Brute Bruce. Brute Bruce. Renee Shira Patrick. Guess Addicts Greenwood. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. I need it. I need Hold on. Pause. Pause. Time out. Time out. Special. Can you and I just do a Shira song real quick? Ready? Gosh, man. I all right, let's No, we're not gonna do a Shira song. We're just gonna go Shira. Okay. Okay. Three. One, All right. two, three. She Anyway, Kevin, Chick, P, Cross, and, ha- and Sasha Honeydew, Codette. Sasha Honeydew. T-Bone, not T-Bone, Williams. T-Bone saves. T-Bone. Tommy, the meat popsicle, Stevens. Joseph Pecker Aro. Hey now. Also, also a delicious cheese. Brandon Lost. 
Oh, lady. <laughs> oh god, where'd they go? Oh god. She oh, no. the switch lady and Brian the big McNamara. <laughs> Steven's swept away, but last CTS, y'all called me Robin, so I'm going with that from now on. Good. Hey, I think you skipped a line. Big Mac. I did. Patty Sisu Matascala. Hey now. Bill Felipe Gilbert. David Vitti. Dave the big giant G. Weedman. What's what's in there? Hannah Dykstra. Hannah Barbera. Comic. Anthony the Brad Pitts. Rachel Die Bama Die Merchant. Roll Tide. Eric. Eric. Roll Tigers. Eric Adequate Johnson. Adequate. Dan Thompson. Son. Dan Thompson. Is the stress on the P or the S? No, it's Dan Thompson. No, it's Dan Thompson. Son. Dan Thompson. I need it. I need my haggis. All right. All right. Martin the Rosswater Swank. Oh, it's so raw. Richie Rich Lemuel Glasgow. What a guy. Making it rain. Mark, the nuclear farmer, Homer. The nuclear. Sarah Compass Haynes. Farmer. Smoke it if you got it. And Oren Bakkenbergian. Stein. Oh, you know, <laughs> hey, let me say, you nailed it. You j- you nailed it, okay? Yeah, I did. That was excellent. Also, uh, XC, Robert, Robert Corncorn, as I like to call him. He, um, he gave us uh, kill, <laughs> coffee. Kill Bill. But, but only I've been drinking it, so... It wasn't enough to share. Sorry, guys. Switchblade. Well, well, I for one am very that's disappointed. That's okay. It's coffee. all right. There was one bag. Axel. Hey, I, and delicious. I, I, I've been getting some regular coffee deliveries, so I can't then complain. Send Triple O some grinds. What's up? Uh-oh. Whole beans. Send him some whole beans. Some I think I pissed. packed whole beans. Where did POD go? I don't know. She I left. think I pissed her off. She's oh, coming she in here back. to get me. Uh-oh. Sorry. Uh, and then before we go to uh, ask a high card, I just wanted to do a quick mention. Uh, Barney Scout Man just came out with a book called Wait, Journeys, another? Journeys North. Um, I don't know if this is another one. I didn't know he had a part one. He's, he's done a number. No, of, he's done books he about done trails. Books, but this yeah. is about his own hike. Yeah, yeah this is yeah. okay. That, so yeah, that, this is about his, was, yeah. his own hike, um, and uh, I think it's going to be pretty cool because uh, he shares a lot of his own experiences, and and he and uh, Frodo are such a big part of the PCT because so many people have stayed at their house before they started their trail. Um, so anyway, it's it's uh, it's about their experiences. He said something like six thousand plus people have slept at their house. Whoa. started hosting hikers yeah F- fun fact i was one of the first hikers to ever stay with them wow what year yeah. 2006 yeah they said they hosted 17 hikers in 2006 yeah. there weren't there weren't many of us it was uh it was pretty chill we had a like a nice meal um frodo picked me up from the airport scout took me to the trail and and what was crazy is i actually ran into him in oregon uh later in the season they were out there doing something or you know doing a little a little hiking and i just you know happened to run into him as they were uh, uh taking a break on the side of the trail so well and- i hiked i hiked with them in 2007 oh. 
What? And I am oh, really? not in the book, so I am personally just offended oh, and boycotting it. So, <laughs> I, you know, I'm not actually sure if I'm in the book or not. <laughs> I'm just saying, I was not on the list that he sent around. Yeah. So, well, anyway, check it out. Journeys North. It's about their adventure, and uh, they are a pretty integral piece of the PCT. So, uh, you know, check it out. All right, let's uh, get into Ask a Hiker. With Mike DiLorenzo. Oh. oh, hey, is it my turn? It's your turn. I'm going to cue up the music. <clears throat> All right, P.O.D., since you're the one who's going to have the biggest issues with tonight's questions, would you like me to start with the short questions first or the long question first? Oh, I just, uh, I got real stoned on the last break, so I'm good. Okay, <laughs> you sure? Yeah. There's going to be no snide comments from you at all because you're just like in your happy, like marijuana and well, there's going to be well, that's snide, unlikely snide yeah. remarks, but I'm going to mute myself so you won't have to hear them. Okay, cool. So we'll start with the the short questions first, and then we'll get into the long one last because I'd like to lead <laughs> up to the most beautiful thing and save it for last. Is that okay with everybody? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Cool. Do it. Ask a hiker. With the late Mike D. Lowe D. Lorenzo. Question number one Dear Trail Show, what is the best way to poop in a snowy landscape if my wag bag has failed? Thank you, Meringue Curls. <laughs> I think that's meringue. Is it meringue? Oh. Is that meringue? Ha- okay, meringue curls. Wag bag <laughs> failure. <laughs> I, I'm gonna just assume that when they say failure, they mean that like uh, it's got like a hole in it or a seam gave out or something. Or they forgot yeah, it at home. Maybe they followed Dilo's that, advice. Okay. They used it as a pillow, and it exploded in their tent <laughs> below their head. Well, if they've then you if got other problems. They've got a wag bag that's just got a hole in it, but they all the contents are in there. You could take the contents of that and put it in, you know, uh, maybe a, a backpacker's pantry. Oh, totally. Um, but like, no, for real, like a, ba- yes. a bag like that, like a, or a, a heavy duty Ziploc or something. Or I like a, to carry the yeah. uh, the Santa Fe and, bean. and then just use it as you would. The Santa Fe Bean Company beans that I use, those are foil Ziplocs. Man, they make a great bag for packing out the poo paper. If I'm not doing the wag bag. No, but but also, what about you know maybe the wag bag is full. I don't know. Or maybe they're like, it's failed. They've dealt with that disaster, but they still have to go to the bathroom. What do you do? What, since it's wintertime, since it's wintertime, what if you burned your poop? So the, the answer is actually that you want to bury it. Um, and you, <laughs> you want, in snow, no. for real. Yeah. So if you're like out in a large snow field or in an alpine zone where it's just like snow and you don't have a way to carry, your, carry it out, what you want to do is bury it. But what you also want to do is try to take care that you're burying it in the snow in a place that's not going to like where when it melts, it's not going to be like directly above the stream. So you wouldn't want to go, for instance, to like the low point in a snow field where where like topographically there's probably a stream under there in the in the summer. So uh, why or or something like that? And then similarly, if you knew that you were above the trail, you would want to make sure that you got away from the trail before you before you went ahead and, and buried it in the snow. Time yes, out. Dilo. Time out. What if you burned your fecal matter inside your tent to you burn heat it when it's fresh? Up, to heat up. Do you wrap your the, um, camping blue jeans around it? So before you burn it? 
Dilo, obviously I meant if that isn't an option. <laughs> it's like, you're going to burn your yak poop. I mean, you're out there camping in the wintertime with a bunch of yaks to begin with. So you're harvesting the yak poop. Why couldn't you burn the human poop with the yak poop? Can you burn it when of, it's wet? I don't, I don't know. Maybe so. If the fire's hot enough, I think there's enough like combustible what if you, matter. What if you have really good sphincter control and you just pinch it into little pellets like yeah. elk? And then you'd pack it into a snowball and you'd throw it off the mountain. Kind of right. like smoking hash. Whacking the tube. <laughs> Whacking the tube. Is that a mud penguin? It's a mud no, penguin. No, no, I think it's a uh it's a it's a fecal it's a hash swan. ball. It's a fecal hash ball. I think it's a mud penguin. Okay. Mud penguin. A mud do we have do we have any more ask a hiker questions or was that enough i don't know oh, okay man. question two hello i've recently read some stories about the harmful effects of microplastics shed from fleece i'd really like to hear your opinion what about this issue in particular we'd like to hear what pod has to say and special they are the smartest amongst you is it real <laughs> What would we wear instead? I'd write something cute here to get your attention, but Dila would attack me. I love your show anyway, even if I'm a bore. Regards, William Curtis. Microplastic shed from your fleece. Discuss. Yeah, it's a thing. And it yeah, it is. So it is a thing. Uh, microplastics are pretty much everywhere. Uh, as y'all may recall from when we've had uh, the adventure scientists on, um, they did a big, huge microplastics project and other people have done huge microplastic studies as well. And they've essentially found them almost everywhere that they've looked for. Yeah. Uh, they, yeah. they did one. I think we mentioned this on the show at one point, uh, that was about, uh, the, the, um, oh gosh, what do you call it? The, uh, oh, I can't remember. Stoner brain. I think, I think it was muscles. Was it um, uh, uh, mussels or some sort of aquatic filter feeders? Yeah, it might have been clams. Yeah, Uh, they they did they tested a bunch of these things from all over the world, and and like ninety whatever percent of the uh, the I think it was mussels that they tested um, had microplastics in them. Uh, We all have microplastics in us. Uh, If you test municipal water supplies, they'll often have some amount of waters. Um, stuff in it so yeah it's uh it's out there um i i guess here's the thing uh there's a lot of other things that are also contributing microplastics to the environment uh things like the microbeads from various um beauty bracelets. products and stuff my like that bead bracelet that my child made for me that i've been wearing for a while and swimming within lakes contributing microplastics well, and well you've, you've also think... got the like water bottles get into the and things like that. Other water plastic bottles. things get into water and then they break down and become microplastics. When so I burn while, all of my plastic water sure bottles that, like, to keep myself warm in my tent at night, that exactly. release microplastics into the atmosphere. Well, mm-hmm. I think there's microplastics mm-hmm. everywhere, but I think the question is more about like what do you do about it? And I think that to get to the 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 listener's question, yeah. Well, one, I guess you could do some research on um, 
on the things that you're buying because I know that there's microplastics involved with like so many different things and I think you just got to do the best that you can and remember that the first R of the three R's is to reduce so okay. use that fleece for as long as you possibly can and and again I've said this in the past this is one of the reasons why some clothing brands like Patagonia are so expensive because they do a lot to try to reduce this type of an impact and when the fleece really has when it's done they'll, they'll recycle it. it they'll take it back you could yep. also buy a, a used fleece yep. from your local fleece. thrift store and if you <clears throat> buy a patagonia used fleece when that one's dead you can still take it back to patagonia so uh, part of it is that you know these things make it out when we wash them so i'd also say that uh washing them less frequently uh is something you can do as well uh mm -hmm. you know Definitely, if it's something you're concerned about, I would just say that don't certainly don't buy new stuff that that is made out of fleece unless it's something that's yeah. like whatever some organic cotton or merino wool fleece thing, something like that. Uh, but yeah, wash them less frequently. You could also R keep a uh, you could also keep a fleece for like a couple of decades. To be honest with yeah. you, like oh, I mean, God, yeah. especially if it it has like a, a neck zipper you know that's easily repairable or even like a full-length zipper that's easily repairable like you could spend like if this is like what you're so concerned about you could spend fifty dollars if you must to have your zipper replaced when your fleece fail when that when it fails and keep the fleece for another two decades you know like so use oh, less and use it for longer yeah as long as you don't you put on too much body weight you know you could also burn your fleece. You could burn no, your fleece no, no, when no. time is done in your tent. Burn the fleece in your tent to keep yourself warm. You could use the fleece to start the the fecal fire that yes. you're going Dilo, to use. Dilo, that's to what they've of, got that's the blue exactly jeans what I was for. Thinking. That's oh, what they got the blue jeans for. I was going to say. Oh, yeah. yeah you don't, just wear cotton. Okay. All right. So don't burn the fleece inside <laughs> your tent at night with, the, with your feces when you're winter I, camping. I'd also just like to point out that that uh, they did not say that that POD and I were were the smartest on here. No, because no, I just added true. that. I just in, actually in, read the question. I, mean, I think that was pretty <laughs> clear. That was some <laughs> ad libbing. I think that was obvious. all right. What else well, you got? And tonight, sense. and tonight, for the first time, we have an ask a hiker answer. What? Okay. Did you hear that? This is not an ask a hiker question. This is an ask a hiker answer. Come on. Transfer Nation, are you ready for this? This hear it. is the first ever ask a hiker answer. <laughs> What's up, Trail Show? Alberto Lozano Ruv Alcaba here. I don't have a consistent trail name because I am too picky about it. Maybe one day I will settle on one or be given one that sticks. I don't know though because sometimes giving people trail names can seem like a form of bullying to me. I would like you to discuss that on a future episode. But anyways, what no, brings me here is that, <laughs> is that on episode 97, somebody asked about <laughs> hiking while diabetic, and I just happened to know a little bit about the subject. I have been predominantly uh, a weekend type of hiker for about five years or so. Summertime has been my backpacking season of choice. 
going to places like the Trinity Alps Wilderness and South Lake Tahoe area in California. I am married to a wonderful lady, but unfortunately, she has not gone backpacking with me until last year. She has type 1 diabetes, and for a long time, she felt that backpacking was just not something she was able to do. There are just so many factors that could ruin her time on the trail or put her health at risk. The main factor being her fluctuating blood sugars. Her blood sugars drop with exercise, and she was worried that it would drop so low that she would end up in a diabetic coma out in the middle of nowhere which sounds scary as hell. She was just not willing to take the risk. She would have to prick her finger with a needle excessively to test her blood sugars and then run the risk of running out of finger pricking needles. It just seemed like a huge inconvenience that would take pretty much all the fun out of backpacking. We did a lot of car camping together and that seemed to be okay. Recently, we were able to get her a continuous glucose meter. It's a small electronic device that sticks to her skin about the size of a nicotine patch with a small needle that goes through her skin and reads the glucose levels in her blood continuously as the name suggests. The signal is sent through Bluetooth to her cell phone and iWatch. This little device gave her and I the courage to go out in the woods. She always wanted to, but was afraid. Our first backing packing trip together was only a two-mile hike. We wanted to start out slow. Overall, we had a great time thanks to the CGM. She would get alerts to her phone and watch and her watch whenever there was any kind of imbalance in her glucose levels, which happened a lot during the short hike. Whenever this would happen, we would have to take a break from hiking. She would eat gummy candies and wait for the sugars to rise to a normal level, and we would hike on. Our main concern was running out of her candies, but our backpack Backup plan was that she would eat my food if needed. I don't care for candy, so I don't tend to bring any, but I usually have dried fruit like mango slices that are filled with sugar. Since that trip, we have been increasing the mileage little by little. The next trip was three miles, then six, and recently we did a 17-mile section of the Tahoe Rim Trail over three days. Wow. Wow. We have learned a lot about dealing with her condition on the trail. We learned that walking uphill affects her blood sugar the most. It drops like crazy. So our strategy is to bring as much candy as possible. And I calculate the carbohydrates on all my dried fruit and split into small rations according to the amount of sugar she would need at a given amount of time in the event that she ran out of candy. She always runs out of each candy and sometimes I don't get to eat any of my dried fruit, but that's okay. Another thing we have figured out is that if she injects herself with less background insulin the night before doing a big uphill hike, her blood sugars don't drop as dramatically. In this case, we have to make sure that they don't get too high on flatter parts of the trail, though. Type 1 diabetics take two kinds of insulin, background and mealtime insulin. Background is taken once a day, and it is slow-acting. Its effects last about 30 hours and is used to balance the amount of carbs they will eat and the amount of activity they will do throughout the entire day. Meal time is taken as many times as they eat. They inject the amount of insulin needed to balance the number of carbohydrates in a particular meal. We also have to keep insulin out of the sun because heat destroys it. She keeps it on her hip pocket on whatever side is not in direct light. There are so many more things I can say about the topic, but I don't want to take up the whole show because POD will hate me. I hope that this information is helpful to someone out there and that POD doesn't hate me. Thank you, Trail Show, for doing what you do and creating a place where hikers can share information, inspire, and be inspired by the hiking community. P.S. 
thanks to the show, I have become a tent state connoisseur. PPS, and thanks to the show, I plan to burn my fecal matter inside my tent the next time I go winter camping. Alberto Lozano, Rav Al Kaba. Rav Al well, that's pretty go. cool. Uh, so wow. that's yeah. great. great. Yeah, I remember us, us throwing that out to the listeners. So uh, yep. thank you, Alberto, for actually um, answering the question. And there's some... And we're actually going to have somebody on the show next month who mm. um, hiked the Colorado Trail, I believe, mm-hmm. and has um, type 1 diabetes. Ah, very cool. That'd uh, be super yeah. useful because like none of us know anything about this because nope. we don't have type 1 diabetes and probably we've never hiked with anybody who has type 1 diabetes. Nope. You know, I think, yeah, I actually think this is fantastic. I hope that we've got a few listeners out there who are, who, who this is really going to make some impact for. Yeah. And I would like to ask our listeners if any of you have burned your fecal matter in a tent in the wintertime to maintain your warmth, I would like to solicit your uh, ask a hiker answers because maybe we're going to turn this whole ask a hiker thing around Ooh. and it'll be like answer a hiker question Flip and the so if people have burned large amounts of fecal matter inside a small enclosed space in the winter time i want to hear from you i do or if you've done I it hear from- and, is that and called fecal you- furnace what is <laughs> I, I believe it. I believe that's a mud igloo. <laughs> no, it's a mud furnace. A mud igloo. A mud Love furnace it. inside your igloo. Yes, if you have burn, if you have set up a mud furnace inside your igloo in the winter time, P Mags, we're looking at you. <laughs> <laughs> Call into the trail show. Right into the trail show. Send us your telegrams. Morris code. Let us know. We just want to hear from you. This is what's hot. This is what we need to know coming into the winter season. Thank you, Trail Show Nation. Mm. Do we have a tent stake to talk about tonight? Nope. Do we table <laughs> that we're done. for next month? I think yep. we're done too. So this is the part of the show where we end the show. We want to thank everyone for tuning in. Oh, wait, today. I've got a tent stake. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to power through, man. Okay, all right. I'll through. I'll save it. I'll save it. I'll save, save it, it for next month. Yeah. Maybe we'll I found I found a really cool tent stake uh, no, camping no. last weekend. Yeah. It was just like this nail. It was like a giant landscaping nail. Yeah, we've already talked about this. Yeah, it that, was awesome. It's that's we, like 40 oh, episodes. Oh, it's too late. Yeah, that I was I, Max I think I took it home about with us. Yeah, Ma- Max. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, keep going, Disco. I'll I'll pull it out for next month. Big thanks goes to we brought it home. Dirtmonger for talking to us about his hike of the Great Basin Trail. Thanks goes to Wolverine and Buck30 for sending in audio updates from the trail tonight. And special thanks goes to Tough Broad and Bear Sweats and Piglet and Peanut and the whole crew for Beer sending gurus. lovely beers from Maine. We all enjoyed them very much. Here, here. Thanks and praise to all our monthly PayPal donors. Hey, Trail Show Shirts will be on sale starting October 1st for two weeks and two weeks only. Get this brand new design. It's the Retro Trail Shirt Show Trail Show Shirt <laughs> Show logo. We hope you uh, have an easier time buying them than just <laughs> You can always find us at thetrailshow.com on Twitter at Trail Show on Facebook and Instagram at The Trail Show. We're on the Stitcher app, the Google Podcast app, the Apple Podcast app, and of course on Spotify. 
Bye. Another trail show is coming on, but don't fret. We'll be back in October for our special Halloween episode. Ooh. Full of Ooh. beers, trails, and nonsense. Until then, for POD, DLO, Special 41, Triple O, and Dirtmonger, I'm Disco. All right. Nice. Let's hey, read the and cool, out. TVP doesn't like me so much. <laughs> Bear sweats, tough broad, peanut, and pinochle. So bring your own lopers. Of course. I mean, it, it wouldn't be a complete mural of the history of the area if you didn't have at least some depictions of mud falcons. Um, <laughs> hey, if yeah. you want to do some of those more difficult 14ers with an old lady and her walker, um, we should talk after the show. Oh, yeah? <laughs> yeah. What's the incentive there? Why didn't you buy the puffed quinoa? You bought the beef jerky. You should have bought the puffed quinoa. What the hell is wrong with you? Your hike is doomed.